Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, Stephen. Instead of calling it the National Football Show with Big Sills, it should be called the National Shit Talking Show. Uh, maybe that's appropriate there, right, Tone? <laughs> maybe that's a hey, maybe that's more of a fitting title. The National Shit Talking Show. Is that is that will that fit for you, Stephen? Maybe it will fit for you guys, man. I appreciate you guys coming aboard. There's so many options out there for you guys to go to and you choosing us each and every single day. We so love you guys for doing that. And we thank you again for coming aboard with us. Um, real quick, before we get going here, we want to make sure that all of you know that we're giving you an opportunity to win yourself some gift certificates. We are in line now with Hooters and each and every single week, we are throwing a code word out, giving you an opportunity to win yourself some gift certificates from Hooters, seven locations in the Northeast area, northeasthooters.com. All you have to do is give us your info, email the show, show at gmail.com, and it puts you in line for us to announce a winner this coming Monday like Mark and Andy. We've got two weeks of winners now. We look so forward to you guys Throughout the program, three hours, you'll see that code word popped up, and all you have to do is send us your email, and we so appreciate it. All right. Thursday night football starts week three. Tonight, week three of the NFL. You know, Doug Peterson said something yesterday, and many of you say this all the time to me as well. So it's only two weeks, and you know what it, You know what Doug Peterson said head coach of the Jags, he, he, he's like, yes, it's two weeks, but we're just about out of that excuse. He's right. This week, that excuse doesn't count anymore, correct? Right? We're not going to go. It's two games or it's three. We're now starting to get near the end of the first quarter poll of the season. This thing goes fast. This thing goes fast, right? That, ex- that excuse for the Eagles on Tuesday is not going to fly, correct? That's not going to fly. This is it. You get that whole week of it's two weeks after Monday night, and really the NFL teams tonight, Sunday, and on Monday night, you don't have that excuse anymore. You don't have it. It's over. So now we're going to start getting into kind of who your identity is and what your identity is. We'll we'll know a little more. Tone's like, right on, man. Right? This is it. You have got to get all your kinks, code word for excuses, out of the dialogue on who you are. This is it. We're going to know. By the way, our friend Anthony Beck, the head football coach 
of the, let me get that right. The St. Louis Blackhawks, Battlehawks of the XFL went seven and three. He also does the pre and post game show for the New York Jets. Former Jet himself, former Buccaneer. He's down in Tampa all the time. He's been around the Buccaneer, so we'll get his take on the Bucks. And we'll get his take on the Jets since he does pre and post game. But he's the general manager and head football coach of the Rock St. Louis Battlehawks. And I think most of you know who Anthony Beck was. Played at West Virginia. Bunch of years in the National Football League. He will talk to us at 5.30 Eastern. And we'll get his take on the Bucks and also the Jets. I'm going to throw a stat at you here about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott against Arizona this week will play his 100th game. He's never missed. Well, that's not right. He he got injured, but every game that he was available for, he's started. 99 games he's been available for, 99 starts. That's pretty impressive. I, I, I get a couple of years ago with that injury he had, he missed a boatload of time. I, I completely, but every game that he's been dressed for, he's played in. Pretty cool. 99 starts, 99 games. He has 150 passing touchdowns, 25 rushing. What do you make of that? This guy's got 75 touchdowns. Going into his 100th start. What do you make of that? That's quite a number. I didn't realize this. That's quite a number. What do you make of that? It's not going to be flowers like you think from me on it. It's not going to be flowers. Mateo goes fool's gold. Phillip Rivers. Pretty damn good for a fourth-round pick. That's a great take, Micah. Okay? But I'm kind of more with Mateo a little bit. Hey, Turner, it is good. But do you know he's the only quarterback with those numbers in pro football history never to make a conference championship game? This guy's turning out to be the Joel Embiid of the NFL. I mean, you're putting up really good numbers. Like, if you keep trending like this, you're going to be in a conversation at the end of the day where you're going to compile some of the greatest numbers in pro football history. But at the end of the day, dude, Your legacy can't be built if you're Dak Prescott in the regular season. It just can't be. I can't take you completely serious until you do something serious. Is that fair? I mean, if Jalen Hurts had never been to a Super Bowl and he had done the same stuff that Dak did to this point in his career, I would be like you've done nothing significant with your team. If this was tennis or this was professional golf, 
I would say individual achievement, but this is a team sport. You have got to, in my opinion, impact your team in quality moments and take advantage of moments in your career. Dak has not, man. Hey, I think that last year win against the Buccaneers was a good win, but the Bucs were kind of on flames, weren't they? Dak Prescott had the 49ers. That was a hell of a divisional game. That was a moment he missed. Prescott had a moment right there in that game against San Francisco last year. And you know what he did? He did not take advantage of it. Bro, you've got to win moments like that for people to take you completely serious. Every single one of these quarterbacks that are in the league today, you know, it may be one of the most gifted times I've ever seen in pro football when it comes to quarterbacking. And by the way, I'll tell you something else. Can I tell you why the quarterback position in the NFL and everything else is getting better? You know why? Because teams are able to move off these guys quicker. Here, let me give you one more. If you're the New York Jets and you know Zach Wilson sucks, would you make a run at Kyler Murray? Stick him behind Aaron Rodgers for a year? Wait for him until Rodgers retires? Because personally, the kid's coming out, the Jets are going to draft a quarterback. They're going to draft a quarterback or a left tackle. And because they didn't have to give the Packers the first-round pick, because Rodgers didn't play in 65% of the plays this year because of his injury, they only have to send him a two. They get a first-rounder next year or in the April draft. Okay? Would you make a run at Kyler Murray? Arizona's moving off of him. They're going to do everything they can to get Caleb Williams or maybe Shador Sanders. But Sanders is coming back. He's not, he's not going into the draft. He's going to stay with his father and Travis Hunter. They've got some sort of agreement or something. They're not, no one's leaving. Okay? But what I'm saying to you is this is a huge year for Dak. Expectation. Look, they're going to be 3-0. They're going to kill Arizona this weekend. Arizona hung around with the Giants for a little bit, had them on a half, all that. I get it. But I, I think the Cowboys are going to blast that team. And they're going to be 3-0. and And you know what? If I'm the Eagles and I'm the Eagle fan base, hey, let them get their cheers in in September. Look, I think they're playing well because I think they're playing well on defense. Not necessarily the offensive side of the ball. I think they're good. I think they're efficient. I think they look better with McCarthy being the play caller. All of that is true. All of that is true. But a lot of things have fallen into place for them. Okay? I mean, the Giants really didn't do anything with Barkley in game one. It sucked. Game two, they had a headless Jets team with Zach Wilson. We're not really going to be threatened with any of these. See, this is almost a little bit of the start of the Eagles last year because there's really no threats on the Cowboys' schedule until you get to San Francisco in a couple weeks. Dak's got to take advantage of this year. He's got to take advantage, dude. You got 150 touchdowns, 25 pass or rushing, 
and you're going to play in your 100th game and you've never been to a conference final. Bro, I don't know. You've never been to a conference championship game? You've never won a divisional game. Well, shit, dude. That's got to change this year. Or people are going to look at you in your career and do this. You're Tony Romo, 2.0. You're just Romo. You put up a lot of numbers, but you're Tony Romo. Shit, Drew Bledsoe won a playoff game. Come on, dog. It's got to be better than this if you're in Dallas with Dak. There was so much pressure on that guy to get that football team to the conference title and win it. And win it. By the way, I saw another quarterback make comments, and he walked back his stuff on management. in Chicago's a shit show right now. And it's going to lead to our topic here in a minute. Justin Fields walks back talking shit on the coaches. You know, then I thought it was actually sarcastic. I didn't take it like the normal media meathead did. Hey, if the pass is incomplete, it's my fault. Hey, if, if, if there's a fumble, it's my fault. Bro, no one's saying that. No one's saying that. Now you sound stupider. Honestly, that was those retorts he had were dumber. Okay? Those retorts were dumber. If it's a fumble or an incomplete pass, it's my fault. No one's saying that. You want to know what immaturity looks like? Him in Chicago. He's a bust. Chicago has a bust for a quarterback. Time to move on. I don't he, get this. He might be able to turn his career around. I don't like him. How about that? He might be, he might be, I don't like him. If he was in my locker room, I wouldn't like him. Okay. I don't like him. Now let me throw this first topic out at you. How many people believe that the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles, Howie Roseman, will be the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles after the 2025 season when his contract runs out? By the way, it runs through the 2025 season. Big Sills, would you take Wentz over Murray because of so many character characteristic circumstances? At least Wentz was more committed. Um. I would probably take Murray because he's kind of what the NFL is right now. Kayvon says that Howie's not going anywhere, so he's impervious to money. And Chicago, for instance. And he he would he he would not open his ears and look to be the highest paid general manager. Maybe somewhere else, maybe more power. Maybe completely more control. You so you think Howie Roseman retires an eagle? How many people thought Andy Reid would? Jeez, if Andy Reid could be moved on and move on, he was fired, albeit. Well, Howie was fired once. So I mean, you really you wouldn't listen. To say when Jerry Jones passes the baton down 
Howie Roseman is showing you how money-wise to handle a salary cap. And for the life of me, I don't know why more teams aren't following his pattern by paying the players up front like this. Because I think if you want, how about this? I don't know how many Super Bowls Howie Roseman's going to win, but do you know what I believe about Howie Roseman, the general manager? I do believe the way he does business, he will pretty much always contend for one. I'm not saying that silver medals is something that the fans of Philly are going to settle on. I'm saying he's going to make sure that that team is competitive every year. And the only way that your team is going to be competitive is if you pay the players up front the way the Eagles are doing it now. Look at that cap space that they have on Jalen Hurts' $255 million deal. It is a stroke of genius. If you look all around the league right now, Look at even in Kansas City. Kansas City can't pay superstar players top premium money. Why? Because the quarterback's contract is so out of whack, they got lesser talent on it than the first time when he won the Super Bowl. Okay? And if that's me, who wouldn't want to have the Cowboys throw $20 million at me? Or the Patriots? You think Bob Kraft wouldn't throw $20 million at Howie Roseman to come run his team after 2025? Or how about Stan Kroenke, who's got endless money to revamp that football team, get rid of Les Snead and Kevin Demoff? You guys are nuts. This isn't a seat on the Supreme Court. This isn't like a life job. You're, 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 this is not like being the Pope. These aren't generational jobs. Everyone's replaceable except the owners. Everyone. And I'm not saying they're going to run them out. I'm saying, why wouldn't you listen? Because I love the way it works here. That may be it. Do you think that? Jeffrey Lurie, let's just use Jerry Jones. Jerry's like, what? It's got to get to a time here when Stephen Jones and the family maybe want to bring someone in after Jerry passes the baton down. Say they offer Howie $25 million. You think the owner of the Eagles will match that for GM? Or because do you think, no, he moved on from Joe Banner. Look at all the general managers that are in the league that have come out of that front office. You know, the owner of the team may think, well, we developed one. We might be able to develop another one. Do you think the owner would pay top dollar and make him the highest paid general manager to keep him in Philly for the rest of his life? Again, it's a conversation. I, I, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know either. But if you're Chicago... Wouldn't you throw every single dime you had in that franchise at that guy? Wouldn't you give Howie every single bit of say in an organization and you would know, he'd be like Al Davis. Speaking of that, how about the Raiders offering him that job in Vegas? He wouldn't listen. You really, you would think you think that a guy who's a businessman too, what is he, 48? 49? This guy's a young dude. 
This guy's 48, 49 years old. He's got a ton of his career ahead of him. Shit, Bill Polian moved on from the Bills to the Colts. It's not uncommon. Scott goes, Howie already. So Howie has complete control of the team, right, Scott? Coaches, assistants, scouting. Youth, because there's some people in here that think that Nick Sirianni's some coach. He's not. He's a babysitter. He's a librarian. Okay, so which is it? How he has complete control or Nick has some say? Nick has no say, in my opinion. He has no say. The librarian has no say. He's part cheerleader, too. Has no say. Well, according to Arthur, Nick has total say. Well, then why wouldn't he leave, according to Arthur, so I can have total say? We'll take Arthur here. Thank you, Arthur. He says that Nick Sirianni fires and hires coaches. Well, here's a prime example. Arthur just pushed out Howie Roseman to another place because then he could get total control according to Arthur. Okay? I think Howie finishes in Philly, especially if he can get us another Super Bowl. But if he does it, will it be a a lateral move with possible more money? Ace, that's the only way he leaves. He's with more power and with more money. You're the general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. You're going to be a movie star. That's what he wants. He loves it. He loves the attention. How many people really believe Howie Roseman retires the Philadelphia Eagle? How many people believe that? That he has no say or that he will retire an Eagle? Robert says, I do. I just think he takes into account his option, how he's building the team, and Nick walks the sidelines. That's pretty much what he does. So you guys believe that he's going to retire a Philadelphia Eagle. Interesting. At 48 years old, this is his only job. Now, you guys have context to this because he's been in that building since 2000. He's been there 23 years. Let's just do this. What if this year turns out to where they don't meet expectations? Could that change the dynamic? Because this will be, a, according to you guys, I saw some people say 14. This, this, if they don't make it to the NFC title game, this will be, a, as much as last year was a success to some, This will be a complete disaster. Even if you win 14 games, it'll be a complete disaster. Am I right? The way that the fan base and the media have set this up, if they don't make it to the conference title game, will this year be a disaster? Will this be one of Howie's biggest disasters? Yes or no? If this team doesn't make it, Steve goes... I'm I'm confused with some of you guys. I I really am. No. (laughs) You guys are all over the place. Nicholas says no. 
So if you don't make it to a conference title game, with all the stuff that we've been saying and all you've been saying, it won't be a disaster. Howie has far exceeded expectations. How? Where? Where? 2017? Okay. That's kind of in your rearview mirror now. You're starting to sound like Cowboy fans. (laughs) I mean, it's in recent proximity, but you're starting to creep up on Cowboy fans. Well, we won it in 17. Okay. It's five years ago. Right? Shit, six years ago. We're closing in on almost a decade. I mean, you know? Starting to sound like Cowboy fans. Interesting how you look at it. That team doesn't make the NFC title game. You guys think it's still a successful season. Huh. Okay. I could have swore I heard you a couple days ago say it's Super Bowl or bust. Now you're saying they don't make it to the conference championship game. Howie has exceeded expectations. I mean, honestly, I'm confused here a little bit. I'm, I'm a little confused. On your takes. (laughs) Like Liam just said, it's week two, bro, chill. That's what Doug Peterson, I started the show out, dude. You don't have that excuse after uh, Monday night. That's over with. You can't go, it's week three. Chill. One more game, it's a quarter of the season gone. So, you're right. Liam... Next couple days, Liam, you get to use that. After Monday, you don't. You don't get to use that. Then it's over. All right, let's move on to this topic. Do you know who has the third most three and outs in the NFL right now offensively. It's the Eagles. They have the three most three and outs offensively in pro football. Um, do you think when you're Brian Johnson, Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, Jeff Stoutland, Do you guys think you should be more focused on passing the ball or more focused on running the ball? What would get this thing kick-started to where you feel? How about this? I don't really think they're horrible. It just doesn't look good. Dallas looks better. I mean, I have a better feel for Dallas. And see, that's what coordinating is. You guys are right a lot of times about the numbers. Now, Dallas hasn't really had to put themselves in a position in any of the games because their defense has been playing lights out. You know, the Cowboys have no turnovers. 
and they lead the NFL in turnovers, turnover takeaways, defensively. That's like that's like gang green stuff. Okay. What are we talking about? They've given up a total of 10 points in two games. Okay, again, I mean, small sample size for that number as well. I get that. I feel better about Dallas's offense, though, when I look at Philly's offense. Third and three and outs. Passing offense isn't really that hot. Guys complaining. Just doesn't look like in sequence. Then, against the Vikings, they took the ball out of Hurts' hands. They ran the ball. They felt more comfortable. It was the thing to do. Hey, by the way, I want to give this to Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson has to get credit for that. That's an in-game adjustment. Whether you like it or not, they said, well, the Vikings aren't going to stop us running the ball. That's an in-game adjustment. That goes to the coordinator as well. Screw that. We're not throwing the ball. We're going to run it. It's not going to look good. It's not going to have the Christmas balls on it for everyone because what people look at today, when you start running the ball, they immediately go to and gravitate to the fact you don't have a passing game. It's not really true when you have two 1,000-yard receivers. Okay, so it's not really true. But that's what people's identity is now when you talk about Philly. Philly's got to run the ball to win. Now, that's what people say. Do you believe the Eagles have to pass more or run more? If this team's going to be a Super Bowl contender, do you pass more or run more? What would you think? To get this thing resent? Hey, I would take resembling a year ago. You guys want to see more passing, even though you're past the you're past blocking. And your pass probe. I'm going to tell you something else, too. I don't care what anybody says. Your pass protection from your running backs is weak. They're not very good back there. They're, they're, they're not doing a very good job back there protecting Jalen Hurts. And that's a problem. It's why Penny is a non-factor. He will never see the light of day in, in situations unless it's an emergency. He's an emergency go-to back. He is nothing in that in that roster except for, hey, in case something happens like Nick Chubb, and they'll throw his ass out there. For all this superstar talent you guys tell me he has, the Eagles are not comfortable with him pass, produ- pass protecting for Jalen Hurts. That tells you all you need to know about the kid. He's always hurt, and he can't pass protect. And they're not playing him. I told you this. Seals, would you put your house on the line with how you feel on how they are playing? Even with every time the chips are on the table, they fold like frauds. The Cowboys, you're talking? I'm I'm, I'm not going to believe the Dallas Cowboys until the Dallas, just like the Sixers. I don't believe in the Philadelphia Sixers process, just like I don't believe in the Dallas Cowboys process. I believe it a little more this year. I do. I believe it a little more this year. Okay? Because their defense is better. Hey, Dan Quinn has been an – since Mike Nolan was the D coordinator in Dallas, that defense has gotten better every year he's been there. 
Every year, Dan Quinn was there so far in Dallas, their defense. Would, would, you, would you agree? The addition of Stephon Gilmore has been sensational. And I told you that would happen. Nobody's going to play good in Indianapolis. Nobody. Nobody does play well. Nobody. Nobody plays well in Indianapolis. The owner gets in the way, gets in the way of Chris Ballard, the GM. The whole thing's a train wreck. Both the general manager and the head coach didn't want to get rid of Wentz. Had spectacular numbers in Indianapolis. Had Andrew Luck numbers. Now, Anthony Richardson, we may find out if he's a quarterback. He looks pretty decent so far. Of all the guys they drafted in the first round this past April, he looks to be the better guy. We'll see. Still a long way to go. Still a long way to go. I think it's an interesting question. So you think throwing the ball more and taking the R out of the RPO and throwing it more is going to help the Eagle offense. That's not who Hurts is. That's been the problem in two weeks. Just to show you what you guys know, the problem has been the passing game. And in my opinion, the tentative running game. They didn't. They took they the best they've looked is the fourth quarter against Minnesota. And the first drive against New England. Other than that, the rest of it has been inconsistent, choppy, shoddy, turnovers, missed opportunities. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. They've been dominant two times. Two times. Opening series against New England. Fourth quarter. Last two drives against Minnesota. That's it. And you could fill in the other six quarters and go like this. Inconsistent. Choppy. A ton of three and outs. And the numbers dictate the three and outs. You're third in the NFL in the most amount of three and outs. That just tells you right there your inconsistency. That's not an opinion. You have the third most three and outs. And yet people come in here and tell me you're playing well offensively. How do you constitute that? You, you, you have nothing to back you up. And your quarterback is 24th in RPO, is a quarterback rating. So... Do you run the ball or pass it more? Um, Philip brings a great point up. I agree, Sills, with you. It's too early to judge any team. I think you can judge. I think you can judge, though, an approach. Is that fair? How about this? Let's do this. Let's do this here. Do we agree? Okay, let's not judge the team because it's two games. How about judging the approach? Are you comfortable with the way they're approaching their offense? Do, do, are, are, you, are you comfortable with their approach so far? 
And when you go like this, two games, well, will the approach change? It changed a little bit in the Minnesota game. I think you need to run the ball more. I think you need to unleash Hurts more. This guy's got 60 yards or whatever it is. 70 yards in two games. This guy is the guy that scares people. Jalen's not scared. You, you, you know what scares Jalen? You, you know what scares coordinators about Hurts? Tell you what it is. It's a little Steve Young effect. Hertz gets going out in that perimeter and he's running for the sticks. I don't think he's running for the sticks. I think he's running to a spot, getting down, preserving for the next play. And I get it. I'm not, I get, I get, I get it. I want him to play the next play. Okay. I totally understand it, but he's not running to the sticks. He's running to a spot to get down, not take as much contact like he did a year ago. Totally get it. But it's made the running game and his effectiveness in his passing game, and I think that's affected his passing game. Here's when Hertz is at his best. 78 rushing yards, 250 passing. There's no way you can defend that. There's no way you can defend that. Because he makes plays off of his threat in the run game. They're not threatened by him right now because they're kind of holding that back. He's not running to the sticks. You see it every time he takes off. Even when they figure out that counter trade play, when he goes backside, he's getting down now. And I think that's really what it's happened here. Coordinators are lining five in the box back there. And that's why you need to run the ball more. If you're going to play five in the box, do you know what that means? Because Brian Flores did it. Brian Flores did it. You know what five in the box means? So they bring down everyone and put five in the box. Do you know that means this? There's no second tier defender behind it. Because once you get beyond it, it's over. Then you're chasing So if they get through that first initial line of scrimmage, there's no defending the run game. They're they're not fearing the passing game right now. Because the run game, and you guys go like this, well, Silsey ran for 200 and some, 250 yards against the Vikings. That's because they started chewing up the yardage at the beginning of the third and fourth quarter, went into the fourth quarter, and they started taking full advantage of that. Total advantage. Dude, the first two teams have shut your passing game down. They have, and that's why your guys are complaining. They've shut you down. So, run the ball. I, I, hey, let me see. Now, the Bucs, this is going to be a test because the Bucs have the kryptonite to beat you. They can stop the run. New England stopped you. They can stop the run and they can cover the pass. If that offense for the Eagles hasn't figured it out against the Bucs, they'll lose that game Monday night. I'll tell you this. That Buccaneer defense is almost as talented as your offense. 
Their secondary is spectacular. Linebackers are some of the best in the league. They got an inside force that's one of the better guys next to Quentin Williams. Shaq Barrett's back to being Shaq Barrett like he was a couple of years ago when he was getting home. Guy goes, we're 2-0. and So are they. So are they. And Baker Mayfield is playing better. I'm going to make a point to you about Baker Mayfield. I don't know if you guys agree with this. But when I look at Baker Mayfield right now, I do this. Boy, how come I like Baker Mayfield more in Tampa than I did in Cleveland? 69% completion percentage. He's not being asked to do a ton. He's got some really great wideouts that go get the football. Mike Evans is just telling him, throw it, I'll get it. And against the Eagles, no one's covering Mike Evans. You're going to have to do what Tone says. You're going to have to contain this guy and make those numbers not mean anything when it comes to the scoreboard. You can do that, okay? The difference is, is that those first two quarterbacks that you've played, their numbers kept them in the game. You have had to play 60 minutes of football in your first two football games. The Cowboys really haven't, okay? You've had to play 60. Both teams that you played had a chance to win the game. You're not dominating. You're, you, and again, when you go back and watch the Bucs, I've been shocked. I've been shocked at their play, especially front seven-wise. I've been shocked. And against that team, I think Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are going to have to establish a running game to beat them. To beat that defense, I don't know yet about winning the game for the Bucs. I'm saying you're going to have to get a – New England shut you down. Scored 18 points against them. You scored 18 offensive points. And New England is nowhere near the talent that Dallas or Tampa is. They're nowhere near. They're a better group. They got better players pretty much at almost every position outside of edge, I would think. Their corners are better. Backers are better. They got a better interior defensive line. Five-star doesn't think that the Patriots beat the Eagle offensive line. He, They did. They did. That's not a debate. They did. And they held you off the scoreboard. Todd Bowles is a good D coordinator as well. Scott goes, the Pats shut down Miami. Okay. Okay. And the Buccaneers are averaging 17. They're averaging, they're averaging surrendering 17 points a game. You're going, you're, you're, you're basically answering your own. These are good teams. So to go with Scott's philosophy, well, New England shut down Miami too. Right. You're playing against another team that's a lot like New England. Okay? On Monday night, 
Don't assume you're putting 45 on them. You couldn't on New England, and you're not on the Bucks. Thanks, Scott. You're right. You're playing another good unit with another good coordinator. Shit, you played a shitty unit with a really good coordinator and Flores and almost lost. What do you think is going to happen on Monday with that group? The Bucs are like a top five defense. New England's probably in there somewhere, top 10. The Bucs have a top five defense. Bucs defense did not struggle. Okay? Hey, by the way, the Bucks defense struggled against Minnesota. And you're trying to tell me your defense didn't suck against them? Matthew Stafford threw for four touchdowns. 350 yards. You guys got to bring, I mean, common opponent. I agree. Get this. The Bucs had very little offense in that game against Minnesota. And I don't think their offense is very good. I do not believe the Bucs have a great offense. I think Mayfield is the reason they're winning on offense with Mike Evans. They're not very good. I think they had 245 yards of total offense and still won on the road. Jalen Hurts is number two against the Blitz. Yeah, he's 24th in QBR too. Todd Bowles loves the Blitz. I can't wait to see how many we managed in game on Monday. I personally, when I look at Jalen Hurts against the Blitz, then why has he been sacked seven times? He, he's, he's second against the Blitz, and yet the offense is given seven sacks up in two games. You're almost averaging four sacks a game against. And he's what now? Second and th- against the Blitz? And yet your quarterback has been sacked seven times and hit more la- now than last year. Okay. Okay. I don't see that. He's second against the Blitz, and yet you surrendered almost eight sacks, which is four a game. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sounds, yeah. Okay. Because the OC has had a bad game plan. Correct. They got this guy not running. Who do you, f- right now, after the first eight quarters of football, Who's the one guy you fear right now in your offense? I don't feel Goddard. Swift? Gainwell? It ain't AJ. He has done nothing. Devontae, probably. I think Devontae. Devontae, you know what? You know what's crazy? What has this thing has been a little up and down? Devontae continues to get better. Swift, he's the fourth option. Devontae Smith's getting better. Hey, by the way, real quick, who is this guy? Puka Nukua. Am I saying his name right? Who is this guy? Puka Nakua for the Rams. I mean, the Rams 
are going to play the Bucks, or they're going to play the uh, Eagles, right? So this guy has more catches and more yards in his first two starts than any wide receiver in pro football history. He's got 25 catches, 266, and they're getting cut back. I think, am I right when I say this? This guy was at BYU. Why do BYU or Utah? Am I right when I say that? BYU or Utah, he was somewhere in there. Okay? He may have played with Zach Wilson. Dude, I watched a little bit of him on tape today. So when they get Cooper Cup back, that's going to be around the time that the Eagles play that team. I don't know. I'll tell you. You got this kid on one end and you got Cooper Cup on the other end? That's going to be an interesting thing against the shitty secondary of the Eagles. You're going to play some good football passing teams this year that are going to threaten you big time. I don't know if they're good enough to beat you because I don't know who the run game is in Los Angeles with the Rams. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're, I don't know. They just traded acres to Minnesota also. How about Minnesota's fumbling of the running back position? You had Dalvin Cook. Now you're scrambling. Okay? Really, man, this kid's off to a fabulous start. 25 25 catches. He's got the most catches of any wide receiver in pro football history to start a career and yards. And then on top of that, you're going to get cut back and you're going to have those two guys in the passing game for the Rams. I'll tell you, the Rams, I thought would be one of the worst teams in the league. They may just actually turn out because of the coaching. Sean McVay's a spectacular coach. And he's a spectacular play-calling coach. Isn't it crazy? I think that guy's been in the league now, what, eight years? And he's still the youngest coach in the net. You want to, you, hey, you want to hear an incredible stat about Sean McVay? Tone, I might... Maybe you uh, fact check this. He's been in the league like nine years, eight years, and he's still the youngest coach in the NFL. I mean, the guy's still the youngest coach in the NFL, Sean McVay. The guy can coach. He can he, he can coach his ass off. Um, for me, let's see what what. He's still the youngest coach in the NFL, McVay. That's insanity. Okay? That's insanity. JM says, Sills ranked Stafford number 11. I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. Coming off of what he did a year ago, he, he you go back and start watching, he looks better. Do you agree with me at least? Run the ball more. And run it with Hurts. Don't est- Why are you establishing game well? Establish Jalen in the run game. I fear that more. It, here, and you know what, too? Sometimes it could just be impression. If Jalen Hurts has five carries, as if I'm a defensive coordinator, okay, if I'm a D coordinator and I see Jalen Hurts in the first half with 
six carries, and he's averaging five and a half yards a carry. I'm going to do this. Shit, man. Hey, keep an eye on this guy. Keep, and do you know what that does too? It opens up your passing game because they have to bring those guys up to spy on him. And then you have a zone wide open. That's the difference in the passing game. Those guys aren't as wide open as they were a year ago because they're putting everybody back because they're not fearing Hurts running. You see it on film. You see Hurts is apprehensive running on film. When you watch the first two games, see, again, I get what you're saying. It tells it's two weeks, but it's still two weeks of the same approach. Is that something you're going to continue throughout the season? Is that something you're going to go through the season with? Okay. Run with Swift. I want Jalen running. Why are you taking the most effective part of your offense last year out of this year's offense? Jalen Hurts' running last year was the most effective part of the game. Not his passing. Why are you looking at like that? You're not like every other team in the NFL that wants to throw the ball 38 times a game. You are not that team. Even the fan base fights it. Even the fan base fights it. Tone says something all the time. Who gives a shit how it looks? This is not a beauty pageant like college where there's an actual ranking that matters on who gets to the final four. Those teams are picked. Do do you actually think that those four teams that go to the college football national championship playoffs, do you really think they play themselves into those playoffs? They're picked. They look at the record. A guy has an opinion over this team, and they pick you. The NFL, you've got to play yourself into this stuff. You get picked. The fifth best team in the Southeastern Conference could beat the number one team in the Big 12. But they're at home. Because why? They don't have a better record. Your record matters in college. Your record doesn't matter in the pros. Because the only thing that matters is home field advantage, a division title, and playoffs. Whether you're 12 or 14 or 13 or 9, it has no bearing. It has no bearing. Well, the win, the, the record for home field does because you want to have the home field advantage. Absolutely. You should say... There, you want home field. Okay. That to me, you got to run Jalen Hurts more here. You go back. I watched, I, t- I took out the first drive in New England and the last quarter against Minnesota. And I didn't recognize the Eagle offense. You want to hear something? I think there's a better chance, obviously, of turning around the offense. The defense has a ton of ton, has a ton of problems. That thing is, I mean, you right now, if you're going across the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, you got one lane. 
and the rest of it is under construction. The entire defense is under construction, except for one lane, your DTs. The rest of it is under construction. You're in a one lane, and that thing is going to go slow. Traffic hasn't stopped just yet on defense, but just look at the guys you're bringing in just to take a look at. You're not it. You're not going to find anyone. You're not going to find unless you're going to make a trade. And everyone's going to know then that the Eagles are desperate for linebackers and safeties and maybe some depth at corner. Okay? You have vet corners that aren't playing well. You're second to last, Keon, in pass defense. Now, Bradbury not being there, absolutely an issue. But your safeties can't cover, nor can your linebackers. That's why you're 31st. And people like Mac Jones, who think in Vegas could actually be a guy that could lose his starting gig, that's not somebody I'm hanging my hat on who threw for 350 yards on you. Okay? I mean, this Buck team is going to be well-prepared. They completely have... How many yards do I see the Eagles with the way they're playing right now against that Buck team? How many yards could Mayfield throw for? He he could put up 350 on you. The problem will be running. The problem will be running the ball. Because again, the really great advantage. Now, New England was, see, I don't think people are giving the Eagle defense and the tackles enough credit because I think New England can run the ball. I do not believe Minnesota can run the ball. Minnesota just made a trade for Cam Akers. They know they can't run, so that's why they made the move for it. Ha-ha, Baker 350 on us. Ha-ha, Mac Jones 350 on you. Mac Jones? Baker Mayfield's playing better than Mac Jones. And like I said, he's playing better. Baker's trash. Okay. Could this be the next Geno Smith? Why couldn't it be? Guy goes to a better environment. Guy goes to environment. Hey, the Bucs have actually won Super Bowls. Have they not? Cleveland's never. Cleveland's never been to a Super Bowl. The Bucs have actually won Super Bowls. And it's an organization that is at least one. Jason Light's a good general manager, too. I'm I'm just saying, how do you know it's not what, like, Geno did by going to Seattle? They've been to Super Bowls in Seattle. Pete Carroll. Mac Jones is better than Baker. Probably. Right now? Probably. Yeah. Um, Mac Jones, though, is having a turnaround type of season in my eyes because they brought Bill O'Brien in. 
This is the fourth franchise Baker's been with in three years. So what? Rich Gannon went to seven and then won an MVP with the Raiders. What's your point? Jim Plunkett went to five. Let's see. Patriots, 49ers. Then he got to the Raiders and won two Super Bowls. What's your point? Geno's been to like what? Five? Right? I don't think he's going to win a Super Bowl up there either, Anthony, but he has kind of turned it around, has he not? I'm I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's going to win a Super Bowl for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's not what I'm – if you thought I said that, I didn't say he's going to win a Super Bowl. I'll tell you what, the more they win, though, the less chance they have of drafting a quarterback because I personally think that Jason Light, the general managers and the Glazers, were probably looking at it like this. Well, we're going to suck. Shit, I was talking about selling um, some of the players off as we get closer to the trading deadline. They all, And by the way, so did the Bucs. Am I right, Tone? Didn't the Bucs inform Mike Evans that they will not be picking up his contract at the end of the year. They basically told the Hall of Fame wide receiver, your services are no longer needed here. Can you imagine that? And he's averaging 120 yards a game. And the Buccaneers informed him. They informed him, your services are no longer needed here. I'm s- That's crazy. I'll tell you what, they may want to revamp that. Because if they win some big games there, they may want him back and move off of Godwin. Bruce Arians did a great job with Kurt Warner in Arizona. Correct. Correct. And I and when when Bruce was on here, he absolutely was just giving great endorsements to what Baker and what the team, the team likes him. The team likes him a lot. Okay. Still sounds like James Jones saying Justin Fields is better than Jalen Hurts. Who did I say was better than Jalen Hurts? What, when, when was that conversation? When, when, when did I say that? Justin Fields is a bust. Jalen Hurts is a $50 million a year quarterback that you're paying. There's a difference. Okay? I said Baker's what? Better than Jalen Hurts? I said that? I said he's playing better in his offense than Hurts is in his right now. I did say that, yes. I did say that. I don't think that's a reach. All right, 40th anniversary. I want to tell all our good friends about our friends at Hooters. We're going to be in town next week, believe it or not. King of Prussia. Can't wait to see many of you guys. I want you to come up there, crack a cold one with us. We're going to be in town next week, man. We look forward to seeing each and every single one of you there. Do me a favor. Go to northeasthooters.com. Hey, Hooters and football. 
That's what this fall is all about, too. 40th anniversary. Every single one of the seven locations, you're going to get an opportunity to go in and experience what I've known for over 40 years, plus the iconic Hooter girls. Listen, if you don't want to go into the places like tonight, you want to grab the food and take it home, Hooters2Go.com is also your place to go. Some of the great specials. Buy 10 wings, you get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983, the year the place was founded, actually. All you can eat. Kids eat free on Saturdays. Six items, six bucks. All the happy hour specials, go to northeasthooters.com and experience what I've been talking about to find that location nearest you. When you go into any one of the Hooters, do me a favor. You tell them Big Seal sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. National Football Show, we appreciate you coming aboard with us here. Um, Josh Sweat's playing great ball again. He is your best defensive football player. 
Can Carter overtake him? Yes. Carter has more natural talent than Josh Sweat. But let me put it to you this way. Hey, by the way, how old is Josh Sweat? How, how old is Josh Sweat here? I want to show you something here. Um, you got 20, 21, and how old is Sweat? He's 26. So you got a 26-year-old edge rusher who's one of the absolute best. And the only reason – he's a first-round draft talent. And the only reason he went later in the draft is because of the catastrophic injury he had in high school. That guy is Brian Burns, 2.0, maybe a tick down. You got Brian Burns on your, on your D-line. So when you want to make a comparison to somebody – that dude is Brian Burns. So you could have a 26-year-old Brian Burns, Josh Sweat, a 21-year-old Jalen Carter, and a 22-year-old Jordan Davis. Three of your front four guys. And you go into the draft next year and replace them with another end. Man, that's setting it up. That could be the best defensive line in pro football by the end of the year, potentially. With Bradbury, Reed coming back, and quarterbacks releasing quick, do you more man press? What would you do? I'll get to that. With them coming back. That's a great question. But look at your – Nolan Smith, when we find him, we'll see. We'll see where he is. But I'll tell you something here, and I'm going to say this to you, and – you guys can sue me for being prisoner of the moment. Many of you do anyway. I think you've got an upgrade at D-Tackle right now compared to a year ago. Here's why. You're getting pressure and you're stopping the run. Last year, you got pressure. Couldn't stop the run. I get it, man. Minnesota has no running game. But New England does. They, their whole formula is off of running the ball. Even back to Brady, play action. Even, even back to Brady, it, it started off the run game. Dude, Milton Williams is playing better than Linville Joseph and Adamic Kinsu did. You're not, when you watch him, you know, he's one of the highest graded out D tackles in the league coming off the bench. I think he's playing – I think he looks – he could start on 75% of the teams in this league. I mean, I think the strength of the team is going from the O-line to the D-line, and it's moving that way. Now, when Reddick gets his shit together off his injuries, I mean, they're really – see – you're getting hit in the head twice. Where last year, you only got hit in the head once. You could run the ball on the Eagles last year. Were they 16th? The year before that, 22. Now you're one. And the majority of your pressures, they're coming from, right? They're, they're, they're coming from your, your defensive tackle position. So... 
That's a lot of youth there. That's what I like about it. What I like about it is how young you are. 26, 21, 20. Then you got Smith. We don't even know yet what that thing is. That is a lot of youth. It's a lot of youth, man. 26, 20, 21. You're going to replace Brandon Graham. You get you get another defensive end. I'd like to have that kid. I tell you, you know who would be perfect for the Eagles? Hey, and by the way, Josh Sweat is playing, what is it, 71, 72% of the snaps? They're counting and relying on him a shitload. Okay? Riley goes, big sills, love the show, hate your show all in the same time. That's a perfect viewer. Thank you, Riley. That is my favorite viewer. Riley, thank you. Favorite viewer. Hey, I want want to tell you guys something. This is kind of off the record here a little bit. Seems Niner fans in here. (laughs) Get before the gay. I like that, Maniac. So um, I was, hey, hey, Tone, check this out. So let's see. I've been off the air now in San Diego since, let's see. I think 19, 19, 20, 21, 22, going on five years now. And I guess Dan Lebertard and this guy was a host, Darren Smith or somebody in San Diego were bringing us up going, holy shit, Cilio's making a comeback. Well, I didn't really go anywhere. But because of you guys, The Rock, Boomer Esiason, all the people that come on the program, they're coming after you now. That means you're doing it right. You guys. That means you guys are doing it right. You're doing it right. So I guess, I mean, I, I listened to it too. I actually, I did. So I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. I listened to the segment, Dan Lebertard. And then this kid in San Diego and this kid in Miami, another guy in Dallas is bringing up that all these people that come on. Why do they go on with him? Didn't we destroy him? Hey. Didn't we destroy him? Mm -mm. You guys... Congratulations. Boomer was great yesterday, too. By the way, you could tell he's a he's a gigantic. Um, he is a gigantic uh, Jalen Hurts fan. You can see that. Trayvon Diggs, ACL tear, out for the season. Wow. Enormous. Enormous loss for the Cowboys. Enormous loss. Will Jerry make a trade? What team right now is going to be out of it that needs draft picks that would trade a corner like Patrick Sertan to get draft choices so that they can draft a quarterback next year, the Denver Broncos? If I was Jerry Jones, I would call the Denver Broncos and try to do whatever I could to get Patrick Sertain. 
The Broncos are going nowhere. They need draft picks. They want to move off of Russell Wilson. You've got to start thinking, what would Jerry do? Because he knows and he feels he's so close. And his time is running out. You go to teams right now where you think, you see, it's too early. After week three, you'll if is it a, a tone? Is it true he's out for the season? If he's out for the season, Jones will make a trade for an elite corner. They're not gonna just not now. You're Chris Albright goes, you're not getting certain if you're Denver. You need draft picks to dig yourself out of the hole you're in. You've surrendered first-round picks for Russell Wilson and the coach. They're not going to continue to go down the line with Russell Wilson. They're going to bench him and then move on from him. He is currently undergoing MRI, but all believe he tore the ACL and is out for the year. You're not looking at this right. What's the point of having Patrick Sertan on my team or any of these other guys if I'm 0-7? What's the point? They need to rebuild quickly. Wow. He just signed a huge contract in the offseason too. So that means you got him for, you'd have to move your cap around for Dallas. That means you'd have to, well, wait a minute. Dak Prescott's not owed any money next year. They haven't redone a contract yet. So there's, there's no, there's no guaranteed money for Prescott next year. There's no, I mean, you, you, there's no guaranteed money. You can, you can move more money around, but then you got you still got to, Pay Michael Parsons. Wow. Mm. Digs out for the year. Look, look, and and by the way, look at how that changes now teams' fortunes with injuries. One injury. One injury. Hey, wait a minute. Is it too early, though, because it's the Cowboys and Diggs is out? Is it too early to say that they're not a favorite to win a Super Bowl? Isn't it too early? Isn't it too early? You don't know what the Cowboys are going to do tomorrow. Isn't it too early? What if they make a trade for a big-time cornerback? I'll tell you, hey, what, why do you guys think? Why do you guys think the Atlanta Falcons are looking better? Do you know who the second-best Defensive football player has been so far in the first two weeks. Do you guys know who the second best football player defensively has been in the NFL? Do you know who it? Do you know who it's been? Take a guess. I know everything has been all over Micah Parsons. That's right. Just a thought. Jesse Bates. He has been a force down there. Jesse Bates has been the second best defensive football player in the National Football League. 
over the last two weeks. I think Carter's ranked 10th. He's second to Michael Parsons. Atlanta has changed their fortunes by adding one. Cincinnati, if you watch their games, they're getting killed in the middle of the field too, like the Eagles are getting killed. Okay? Hey, you know, I got to tell you, man, some of you guys talking shit on people getting injured and hurt. I'd watch the karma out on you, Hoss. Don't ever wish for somebody to get hurt. That's not cool. I want, I, I'm not saying that, hey, that you don't benefit from the misfortune. That's one thing to, to present it like that. Hey, look, this helps us, them having one of their great players off, but saying that's karma because he plays in Dallas, I don't know. It speaks to your character. It speaks to who you are. Now, I agree with this comment. Hey, Sills, you got to admit, Diggs not being in that secondary that totally benefits the other teams in the division, like the Commanders the Cow- um, and the Eagles. It's, it's got to, right? Of course. But the goal, hey, that's karma for you, man, for being a Cowboy. You should blow your knee out. I don't know. I don't know. By the way, okay, I agree, Dan. You basically wished an injury on Dean. See how a guy here lies? Prime example of it. I wished an injury on the Kobe Dean. (laughs) I've never wished an injury on anybody in my life. I don't hate people like that. I would never on one of the NFL players associate. The only person that's ever wished... Um, injury on another player that's an NFL Player Association member or did nothing about it was Drew Brees. He's the only man that never looked out for his his brotherhood when he was a member of the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees is the only one that could have done something about Bounty Gate with Kurt Warner and Brett Favre when they were targeting him for cheap shots for Bounty Gate. Coach was fired. Or suspended. General manager was suspended. They lost draft choices. They suspended the entire front office, Mickey Loomis, because they knew what they were doing. And Drew Brees said nothing about it to his friend, Brett Favre or Kurt Warner. If you were any kind of guy, you would have went, hey, look, man, I'd watch out for my knees and such in this thing. These guys are coming after you. Drew Brees didn't look out for him. I'm not saying he wished it, but he knew it. He knew it. Saying saying that Dean was injury prone is a fact. It is a fact. He is injury prone. He he is injury prone. He came into the league injured. Seriously, are you changing your Super Bowl pick? Eh, not just yet. Bills and Cowboys still. Still there. Okay? Um, still there with them. Yeah, Sean Payton, asterisk. This guy had 
this guy knew he was injuring NFL football players on purpose. I hate that scumbag. Well, he was a scum. He was a scab anyway during the '87 strike. I hate Sean Payton because he was targeting NFL players and injuring them on purpose. He that a guy. If you notice too, what's going on? It's Russell Wilson's fault, and he's throwing shade at Nathaniel Hackett still today. A guy's not a good coach, and I don't think he's a good person. I don't think Sean Payton's a good person, or I don't think he's a good coach. I think he's overrated. I think Drew Brees carried him. He got lucky with Brees falling into his lap and getting healthy and turning into the player he was. I think anybody could have won with Drew Brees. Brees was going to not be denied. Sean Payton is a nobody. Nine and seven in the postseason. McCarthy's a better coach. McCarthy's a better coach. Totally. Thanks, Danny. I I think he's smug, and I think he cried, and he moaned, and he bitched when he was in New Orleans over the, what was it, the Rams game and the Vikings game? So he thought he'd call to the the front. I, I think Sean Payton, he, I'll tell you what, if Nathaniel Hackett has been a disaster in Denver, you're paying Sean Payton $20 million. Oh, I see. It's Russell Wilson's fault. Okay. JM goes, Slayer disagrees with you about Payton. Well, they're 0-2. You could disagree with me all you want. It must be Russell Wilson's fault. Well, let me ask you this, flat out here. You think Russell Wilson can play himself out of the Hall of Fame by the end of the year because of what the media is going to do and what Sean Payton's going to blame? Pretty soon, Sean Payton's not going to have anybody to blame. You think Russell Wilson could play himself out of the Hall of Fame by the end of the year? Yes or no? I think he can. I think the media today is so strong and powerful. Fox backs Sean Payton. They love him. You know, Danny Dimes' primetime record is 1-10. in (laughs) Danny Dimes. You invested all that money in that shit, dude. Unbelievable. Russell Wilson will play himself out of Canton by the end of the year if it continues to trend like this because the media will see to it. I mean, Tony Romo right now is being considered for the Pro Football Hall of Fame because he's on television, because he's a media guy. Tony Romo has a better chance of getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame than Donovan McNabb, and McNabb did more. Think about that. He, he's one of, he's, he's CBS's prime guy. Jerry Jones is going to push him. You think there's any coincidence, all the Cowboy guys that are in prime seats when it comes to media? Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo. Isn't Jason Garrett also on the Sunday broadcast? So you got four Dallas Cowboy guys. Jimmy Johnson. You got five Dallas Cowboy guys in prime chairs on NFL shows around the country on Saturdays, Thursdays, and Monday night. 
Tony Romo has a shot. Moose, too. That's right. He's on the second team. That's right. Moose is on the second team for Fox. We're the Eagle guys. Don't you see what's, what's crazy about the Eagle fans? That's how they get to you with all the Cowboy faces. Shady McCoy is on FS1. Who else? No one. <laughs> no one. Look at all the Dallas Cowboy guys that are in media chairs. Whew. Man. Crazy. <laughs> McNabb's got a gig with who? What's McNabb's gig? I'm not talking local radio. Okay, I'm not talking. Jerry Jones has a show on local radio. twice. You know, he does a show twice a week. Beginning of the week and at the end of the week. Okay? Eagles have nobody to represent them. <laughs> nobody. McNabb was in a scam. Oh, wait a minute. Well, you can't count. You, 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 you can't count Michael Vick. Can't count Michael. Oh, Outkick. That's right. That's right. He's on Outkick with um, Clay Travis's Outkick. That's a pretty big flat platform. That's a pretty big platform. Yeah, man. That's a good platform. That's a that's a good gig. Yeah, he'll be on. Yeah, okay. I'll probably have to take a listen to that to see how he is. Yeah, man. That's a good platform with Clay Travis. He's got a ton of people that um. Watch that stuff. Yeah, he does. Anthony goes, who cares? That's why Jalen Hurts is not looked at as any kind of face of any league and never will be. The face of the league right now is, and I'll make a point to you on this. You know who the face of the league is right now? As much as you think it's Patrick Mahomes, he's the player of the league. The face of the league right now is Dak Prescott. I need Jalen Hurts. What do you talk about every day? You don't talk about Patrick Mahomes every day. You talk about Dak Prescott every day. Who's the face of political commentary in America today? It's Donald Trump. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Schumer. It, it, it's not any of those guys. It's Donald Trump. Like it or not. Hate him. Love him. Same with Dak. Dak Prescott is the face of the NFL. You don't have to like him. He's the most talked about player. It, it, it's not just Skip Bayless. He's the most talked about player in American sports. Here, here, here are your number one talked about guys in sports. LeBron. Dak, Patrick, Shohei Otani, but now he's hurt? Who else? Steph? Nobody in hockey. 
Aaron Judge, Yankees are in last. I haven't heard really a lot from him today. Can you imagine if the Cowboys were in last place? They'd still, you see, you got to remember something about polarizing. If Dak Prescott is 0-2 or 2-0, it doesn't matter. Deion Sanders? Yeah, Deion right now is just, I wonder how that's going to look when he's 3-2. and two. I hope it stays at a fever pitch. Best thing I've seen in a long time. And I'm going to make the point to you. Like Jalen versus Dak. You'll never be in a conversation where you're going to compare those two guys. And the only way you can compare them is obviously what we talked about at the beginning of the program. Jalen's got one more chip than what Dak has. You know what that is? He's been to a Super Bowl. He's won an NFC title. No doubt about it. I think those are huge. I do. But everywhere else, he beats him in everything. He does. I mean, even against the team, this guy has owned the NFC East. But he's the Cowboys, and it's Dak. And let me, and let, me let me put this out there to you, too. Let me show you how important polarizing is. Okay? What's the number one sports story right now? What do you think is the number one sports story right now? This ain't about media relevance. Yes, it is, because it's perception on how your quarterbacks looked at. Right now, if you listen to any show around the country, people will say your offense doesn't look very good. It's not really that true. It's stumbling a little bit. It's not doing what it did a year ago, but I wouldn't categorize it like most people do. Hey, by the way, I, I'm tempered compared to what others are. Would you not say that, Tone? Nationally, I'm more tempered about your offense than what I think it's going to get fixed in a way. If they get out of his way, then what the, the national people are like, oh, new coordinators, it's just not getting out to a good start when you look. And you listen to these guys, you're like, that's not really kind of the truth there, but it is a little bit. They're going against better coordinators. You really don't watch the team that much. Coach Prime, Colorado. That's right. Get this. To show you how perception can change and how it's important and how you look at a player or a team, all you have to do is this. What team this year is going for something historical that hasn't happened in generations and no one's talking about it? What is the number one thing that's going on, Maniac, this year that is easily one of the most historic things in sports history and no one is bringing it up? And I don't hear anyone talking about it. And I don't hear anyone saying anything about it because of what Coach Prime, the Cowboys, all of that. What is the number one? And it just shows you. The Eagles can win all those games. No one's going to look at you in a light like they do. And that's why Dak is the face of the NFL. He's the face of the NFL. Thank you, Bob. Georgia's going for an unprecedented three-peat in national championships. Has anyone brought that up? 
Is anyone even talking about it? The center of the universe is in Boulder. Not in Athens. I mean, you're going for three straight national championships. And it's an afterthought. It's an afterthought. Do you actually think Colorado could, if you played Colorado versus Georgia, what would happen? 55-10. People would be hurt severely. Georgia would rip that team a new one. And it's not because they don't have talented players in Colorado on offense. That defense would get destroyed. And that old line with those Georgia Bulldog guys, they would crush Shador Sanders. They would kill that team. It'd be unfair to schedule it, actually. I mean, but that's not the story. Okay? That's not the story. The story, NFL-wise, is in Dallas. And now with Diggs, Jerry Jones, Jerry, get this, and look what Eagle fan tore his ACL. That's enormous news now. Will Dallas still be the favorites to win? It's Dallas. To, who said Dallas was the favorite to win the Super Bowl anyway? By the way, I got them losing it. I don't have them winning it. Hey, just to keep score here, I, I don't. I don't have the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. It's just so you can keep that in there. Yeah, I just just keep that in there. Sills is taking Dak over the birds. Everyone does. Arthur, I'm not buying the hype. I'm buying the record. I'm buying what he does against you. Dak Prescott versus the Eagles. There's no hype involved in that. There's actual games played. 11 of them. You're making it sound like it's hype. The Cowboy has... When the Cowboys play the Eagles, that's not hype. That's fact. You know, eight wins, three losses. Three and eight versus Dak. That's you. One game versus Jalen? I thought Jalen in 2021, didn't he play? Um, he played one last year and then one the year before. Isn't, isn't Jalen's record one and one? Is, is Jalen's record one and one? Because didn't, didn't, didn't the Eagles not play all their starters in that 2021 game at the end of the year? Or did, or did he play? In that game. I, d I don't remember. Come on, Sills, what? Come on, Sills, what? You want me to lie about the 8-3 and three record? Okay. Maxson. Jalen's 1-2 and two versus him, is it? I, I, I thought he was 1-1. One one. Okay. What about Dallas versus... I'm not talking about Dallas versus the Niners. I'm talking about Dallas versus you. Nate Sutfeld. Don't worry, Jerry will mess it all up eventually. 
Damn, bro. Hey, hey, Ro, you always have a go-to, don't you? <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> hey, hey, Ro. <laughs> Ro, hey, that's you, you sound like Tone, man, because Tone goes like this. Cowboys can hey. Right, Tone? According to Tone, man, Cowboys could be 16 and 1. They get to the postseason, it won't matter. <laughs> They'll get beat 14 27. <laughs> it's just who they are. I don't care how what the record is, man. Mm. Because Cowboys, again, the Cowboys is the truth. It's a true comment, man. They got to get away from themselves. They got to they got to get over themselves. Regular season champs. Big Sills, why is Dallas beating Eagles? Parsons, we figured out how to get Parsons out of the game. Well, I'll tell you what, with that offensive line, the way it's pass protecting and your back's pass protecting, you'll get your quarterback killed in that game against Dallas. They're playing really well. They are. They're defensive. The kid Parsons is playing well right now. Hey, by the way, that comment, that comment that Boomer Sison made about Michael Parsons looking like Lawrence Taylor. Seth Joyner jumped on my Twitter and went, come on, man. <laughs> I was like, I didn't say it. I didn't say he was LT. I, I didn't say he was LT. Uh, Boomer said he was LT. I never said that. <laughs> you would never hear me saying that. No way. We go at Parsons, and yes, Parsons is playing lights out. Hurts is two and two against the Dallas Cowboys. I thought it was something like that. Either way, still early in his process yet, too. What you don't want is Dallas getting both them wins this year because then he's 10 and three versus you. Mm. <laughs> oh, that I wouldn't want. <laughs> MRI confirmed digs out. Wow, is that kill? Torn ACL. Mm mm. Now, all the media attention is on Dallas all week long for that air. Let's see. You got to start thinking about guys in the league. Let's see. Let's let's see. Guys in the league. Let's see here. Guys in the league. This is top 10 cornerbacks NFL. Okay. With the with the Jalen Ramsey's hurt, correct? He's still hurt with the Dolphins. Alexander with the Packers. J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn. Would the Panthers give J.C. Horn up? <clears throat> He's only been there since 2021. That guy only allowed 28 completions last year. This is my Bledsoe list. He allowed only 28 completions last year. Holy shit. Man, J.C. Horn, Panthers. What a superstar. 
doubt you give that guy up. And if you do, you're talking big first round. That's a first rounder you're surrendering. Marlon Humphrey? No way. DJ Reed, the Jets? No way. Alexander Packers? Ramsey's on IR. Patrick Sertan is based. Let's see. Jets aren't giving Gardner up. I think Jerry Jones is going to target Sertain. Isn't that the guy that he wanted in the draft to cut? Hey, Tone, isn't this how they got Michael Parsons? Because Sertain was picked up by the Broncos. And then, if I'm not mistaken, the Eagles and the Cowboys made a change in the draft order. And then they took Devontae. And then they took Parsons because the Cowboys got outdone by the Broncos because the Broncos were targeting Patrick Sertan from Alabama. Isn't that, isn't that how that worked out? Okay, so that's somebody they love. And the amount of draft choices that they have given up for, for Russell Wilson – and for the coach, remember, they had to surrender a first-rounder for Sean Payton, too. Sertain got picked by the Broncos. Cowboys wanted Sertain and settled for Parsons after swapping picks with the Eagles. Something else you got to look at here for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to do something. They're not going to sit back. They feel they're too close. Jerry's going to panic. This is where Howie doesn't. You know, can I tell you something? This could be the season here. One shitty move by the Cowboys. Remember what you guys were just, hey, remember what you guys were talking about? Remember what you were talking about? Jerry will do something. Well, Jerry has a chance here. What's the Dallas Cowboys salary cap number? Cowboys have $16.65 million in cap space. How much does Patrick Sertan make in 2023 Broncos? He makes 12 million bucks. Around 17, I think, with a bonus. They could fit him in. And restructure Zach Martin. And remember something, they don't owe Dak anything next year. They have to re- they have to do a contract negotiation with him. Now they got Parsons coming up in 23 also. Cowboys currently estimate cap space is 13.9. Sertan, am I right, Tone? Sertan's like 16.75 from what I thought I saw. Uh, real quick. Now that could there could be a five million dollar bonus in there, and bonuses could be spread out and deferred according to the collective bargaining agreement. 
So in base salary, I thought I saw 16.75. So you'd have to restructure around $3 million off of Zach Martin and some other guys on that team. So the cat, the Cowboys can make that work. Now, again, money's got to be moved around for Parsons next year because Parsons is going to demand $30 million. And you got to remember something. Then you're with Dak. Are you giving Dak $55 million or are you moving on from him? That's a big, hey, this is a big moment here for Dallas. This is a big moment here. Sertan is in year three of his four-year $20.9 million rookie deal. Wow. He's totally affordable. He's totally affordable. And you get him on another year on the rookie deal. Then you could pick up the contract also. Get this, Tone. Then you could pick up the fifth-year option on him if you wanted. Because if it's still in the rookie year, there's a fifth-year option on that. Shit, man. Cowboys could get that guy for the next three years paying him a rookie contract. I'd make that move. I'd give him – if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I'd give you my first-round pick. I might give you my first-round and my second-round pick for Patrick Sertain to cover – on. Trayvon Diggs. Now, will the Broncos do that? The Broncos are desperate for draft choices because would we not agree? Would you not agree? Holy shit. Patrick Sertain's base salary is 940 grand. Yeah, Robert, we have... Our good friend, Anthony Beck, who is part of the pre and post game show for the Jets and also does work for the Buccaneers. And he is the head football coach in the XFL for our friend Rock. He played a boatload of years um, for the St. Louis Battlehawks. That'll be at 530 Eastern. He's going to join us. If I'm not mistaken, I think he played 13 years in National Football League. I think the Cowboys should make a move for Sertain. Would the Broncos do that now? Do you think Sean Payton has given up on the 2023 season with Russell Wilson? Do the Broncos have a first-round pick in 2024's draft? Right now, the Broncos are favorite. It's too early, but the Broncos right now would have the first pick in the draft. Then you get the Cowboys. Do the Dallas Cowboys have a first-round pick in 2024? Cowboys will have... A first-round pick, so you could get two first-round picks to redo your team if you're Sean Payton, and you could draft quarterback and a wide receiver in next year's draft and move on from Russell Wilson. And you could absorb the cap hit with his salary with a rookie quarterback in the building because he's on a rookie contract. 
if you're Denver, you're looking at this right now. Who, who do the Broncos have this week? They got Miami. They're not winning that game in Miami. They're going to be 0-3. They're going to be 0-3. The Cowboys are going to survive that Arizona game. They probably aren't going to do – they wouldn't look at that deal now, but they would go to them and and, and go like this because Sertain's going to demand 20 – what is the what is the top salary that corners are making now, 20 million? He's – boy, I don't know what – do you sign Dak and Micah? And, well, you would franchise – you can't franchise tag Dak because his deal's up. Or can you? I don't think you can. You can tag Micah. You can tag Nike, Micah and the kid, Patrick Sertain, is still on a rookie deal for two more years. This year and next. See, to me, the team is Denver. It, it could be the Packers too, Jesus. That Alexander kid can play. That Alexander kid can play. Still got to pay CD. CD's going to get paid. That's right. Didn't he come out the same year that Devontae did? Did those two guys come out the same year Devontae uh, Smith did? I thought those two guys came out the same time. He's going to get paid. Scott's missing the point as usual. They would have two first-round picks. They would have a high first-round pick, and they would have a low-end first-round pick down in the late 20s, and you'd have a one. You'd have two first-round picks, potentially two second-round picks, to rebuild your football team in Denver. They don't have draft capital. How are you going to rebuild a team in Capel with no picks in Denver and Sean Payton call himself a great coach? They've got the double-edged sword going on in Denver. They're in cap hell because of the Wilson contract. They have no capital in draft capital. You've got to redo two things. You've got to defer money out and get draft capital. Simple, dude. Now, but but Howie's, I see somebody in here going, have Howie give them a first round pick. Howie's not giving a first-round pickup. He's not, he's not desperate like that. He, he's not desperate. I mean, and Howie's not going to give up a first-round pick. Now, for Sertan, he might, but they're not in that desperate need for that. Look, look at you could go into next April's draft and get a second-round linebacker and find a guy who could play for you for the next 10 years. Why would I go after that? The Cowboys are desperate because they've got to fill that hole. Cowboys have to fix this. You're not going to – how about this? You're totally weakened with Diggs not being out there. And if the Cowboys were playing better than Philly, that closed the gap. Get this. Philadelphia closed the gap, not playing great ball, just going through the war of attrition. Think of that. The Eagles got better today than the Cowboys. They're not better, but they got better than the Cowboys. Cowboys got worse today. It's 
hey, were, 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 the, were the Eagles worse in pass coverage versus the Vikings without having Bradbury out there? This is common sense conversation. That's right, Big Pickin. That's a major blow to your chances at winning the NFC East. It's not like you're losing. Hey, and by the way, they're going to get that kid Smith back, I think, right? Offensive lineman. They're going to survive this Arizona thing. Denver versus Miami is going to tell you a lot about if the Cowboys make a move for that. Slay, Graham, Cox, Kelsey, all gone next year. Tons of cap. And why not have the Eagles trade for Sertan, especially if Bradbury can play the slot? So you think next week, if they're 0-3, how we should make a call? What do you think of that? Let Prescott go. His career starting to look like Tony Romo's, and that's a waste of time if they don't go anywhere this year. Would Howie call? He called. You know what I, you know what, you know, do you know what Andrew Barry and do you know what Jason Light told me about Howie Roseman? He inquires about everybody. So when someone goes, would Howie call the Broncos to look at Patrick Sertain? Your first initial comment would be no. But if you know and listen to GMs, they all do this. This guy of the 1,700 players that are in the league, Howie pretty much knows who they all are. What is there, like 1,700 guys on the team right now, right? Like 1,700 guys that are on the 53-man roster. Howie knows pretty much every one of them and their contracts and shit like that. Okay? What he call? And then what that does also, get this... You know, he could force Dallas into making this deal. All of a sudden, the general manager of the Broncos starts putting it out there that the Cowboys have, or the Eagles have contacted them after the 0-3 start for Patrick Sertan. It starts circling around the league because general managers like Tom Telesco and everyone talk to one another. Before you know it, you got the Cowboys who love that guy on draft day are calling them up going, here's two ones for him. And then the Broncos come out of it with two ones. You, you, that's how that game's played. You force a guy into taking or surrendering more picks so that when the April draft comes, you can't be that effective in the April. Personally, I take Patrick Sertain versus anybody coming out. Hey, that Kool-Aid kid down at Alabama is a good-looking player, but he ain't Patrick Sertain. Big Sills. Do you think Jones would give up a first-round pick? He gave up a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. Absolutely. Remember, he gave up a first-round draft choice to the Raiders for Amari Cooper. Why wouldn't he give a first-round draft choice up for the best safety or the second-best corner in the NFL? According to some, they think it's Sauce Gardner. They think he's second. I like that kid, Horn, down in um, Carolina. I wonder what Carolina would do because they need old linemen. One of those teams is going to deal with the Cowboys. Carolina's in the NFC, so I don't know that they would send a premium in a premier corner to Dallas. But if you remember something too, 
all right? They got a bunch of draft picks coming from San Francisco because they traded McCaffrey away, and they got a boatload of players. You could get yourself and Frank Reich in a pretty good position for April's draft with all these draft picks from McCaffrey and trading Horn away to retool that team around Bryce Young because you need O-linemen. You need O-linemen. Get this, though. Here, we're talking about the Cowboys here, but the, the Eagles totally benefit from this. Look, get this. The Eagles, Avante Maddox is a terrible loss. Do we agree? It's a terrible loss. That Cowboy loss of Diggs is catastrophic. Okay? Avante Maddox is a big loss. It's a big loss to the Eagles, depth-wise. But the Cowboy injury is completely catastrophic. I mean, which means you're going to panic. You're going to panic. Absolutely. Man, we got a ton of stuff to still hit on. Um, Our good friend, Anthony Beck, we're going to talk Buccaneers at the bottom of the hour, 5.30 Eastern time. And we'll talk some Jets. He does does the pre and post game, believe it or not. He used to do it for the Buccaneers. He's a former Buck, too, himself, by the way, and former Jet. And he does the pre and post game. It looks like Carson Wentz is the go-to guy in New York with the Jets. So we're going to talk to Anthony Beck. He also is the head football coach and general manager. You know what? I'll ask him about that Patrick Sertan thing with Howie Roseman. He knows Howie very well because he know Joe Douglas and Anthony Beck are dear friends and he knows Howie Roseman except. So I'm going to ask Anthony Beck that question. That'll be at five 30 Eastern time. Also the XFL head football coach, of the St. Louis Battlehawks. Man, they got like 55,000 fans each and every single game in the St. Louis for the XFL. It's one of the most successful franchises that's in the XFL. We will talk to our friend, 12-year NFL veteran, 5.30 Eastern time. Don't forget also, too, folks, we're in town next week, man, King of Prussia. We look forward to you coming out and seeing any of the Hooters. By the way, Hooters and football, that's what the fall's all about, too. Tonight, you get an opportunity to watch your favorite football teams, you Maybe you like the 49ers and the Giants, what have you, but you love NFL. Maybe you don't want to go into any of the restaurants. Go to Hooters2Go.com. Take the food home to your own stadium. Have yourself a great one. Don't forget Tuesdays, buy 10 wings. Get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. That's the year the place was founded. All you can eat, kids eat for free on Saturdays. Six items, six bucks. Try the fried pickles. The iconic Hooter girls are there to serve you. It's one of the best environments. I love that menu, and I have forever. NortheastTutors.com. Find one of the seven Northeast locations nearest you. NortheastTutors.com. And do me a favor. When you roll in, you tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. a better season this year by the way appreciate you guys coming aboard please hit the like button don't forget also our great hooters giveaway with our gift certificates we've been posting throughout the program our code word that we've been sending out and each and every single day what we're asking you to do is just send us an email with that code word on it and all you have to do is give us your information and you may be a winner each and every single football monday we announce our winners, and you get a chance to win gift certificates from our friends at Hooters. And all you have to do is email us the code word. You send it to us. Tell them we'll put you in line to potentially become a winner that we'll announce on Mondays. We'll be in town next week, actually. I can't wait at the King of Prussia. I know many people have already been emailing me. I look forward to seeing a lot of you there. We'll talk more about that appearance, too, but... Email us again, show at gmail.com, all your information, and you may end up becoming a winner and getting your shot at um, having some really great gift certificates. show at gmail.com. Our boy Maniac won and Andy won last week, so we'll announce those guys on Monday. Anthony Back, part of the pre- and post-game show for the New York Jets, former Buccaneer, also does some work broadcasting-wise for the Buccaneers. He's also the head coach and general manager of the St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL for the Rock. And he's going to join us and give us his spin about the Buccaneers this year and how good the Bucs have been playing. And also Carson Wentz potentially landing in New York with the New York Jets. Real quick, um, 
I want to throw this at you here. Before we get going here, if you are a college kid today and your name is Shador Sanders, Arch Manning, Caleb Williams, Travis Hunter, Evan Stewart. Have you seen this kid, Evan Stewart, yet from AM? Okay. Have you seen Evan Stewart yet play? He looks like Mike Evans. Okay. He looks like Mike Evans. Shador Sanders currently, right now, is making $5.1 million. Arch Manning is making 2.9, and he don't even start at Texas. Caleb Williams, USC starting quarterback, 2.6 million. Travis Hunter, cornerback wideout, makes 2.2 million dollars, and he's coming back. That guy's going to make 10 million dollars a year at Colorado. Evan Stewart, this A&M wideout, makes 1.6. How much money does Bryce Young make? What's his base salary this year? What is Bryce Young's base salary 2023? Look at that. His base salary, 750000 Signing bonus, all this is guaranteed now, $24 million and a cap hit of 6.9. So roughly it's around $7 million? Shit, so Dor Sanders makes that now almost. Why would he leave? I, 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 yeah, I get it. It's about seven. But you don't, hey, hey Yale, you don't think Shador Sanders is going to sign a $10 million deal in the offseason here? Oh, I do. Arch Manning's third string, is he? I thought he was second. Okay. Shador Sanders is going to make more money than every rookie in the NFL next year. And he has another year if he feels like coming back. He'll make more money than the average rookie quarterback at Colorado. Why would you leave to go to some shitty organization? That's crazy, man. So if I'm Shador and say the Arizona Cardinals have the first pick or the Bears, nah, no thank you. It's almost the same way John Elway and Bo Jackson were telling their teams, I'm going to go play baseball. And instead, these kids are going, get this, I'm going to stay in college. I'm going to stay in college. Nah. By the way, most of you don't understand something about these players today. They get every single player that I just mentioned, they get their all of them get their degrees. Every single one of them get their degrees. You realize that, right? All them guys get their degrees. You know, you know, you know what kind of degree they have? It's not the jiggle jiggle. <laughs> Money that folds. How you doing? <laughs> they don't have the jiggle jiggle money. They got the money that folds. 
<laughs> How you doing? That's your degree. You, the degree you get, you fold and put it in your wallet. <laughs> what degree would you rather have? A, a, a bachelor science degree? Or would you rather have the degree that folds in your wallet? <laughs> How you doing? Woo! Damn! How you doing? All right, man. Unbelievable. Warren Sapp, get this. Somebody just asked me a question from the Miami Herald about Warren Sapp taking a job potentially of being the defensive line coach for the Colorado Buffaloes. And do I think he'll do a good job? Did you hear what Dion said, what his job requirement was? You want to know how Dion gets these great coaches to come to Colorado or Jackson State? He goes like this. Well, I don't need you in your office 24 hours a day to guard your desk. I need you there in the morning. I need you there to be there for practice, watch some film, and you can go fishing the rest of the day. Your day's done at noon. Go home. Do you know how many ex-players are going to gravitate to that? Making a million dollars a year with the knowledge of Warren Sapp? You mean to tell me Sapp doesn't have to be one of those Nick Saban type coaches? He's changing the game. You know why a lot of ex-players don't want to coach? They don't want to be on the road away from family. They don't want to be at the facility 24 hours a day. Because they know that that is what most coaches do. They don't want to do that. Can you imagine getting guys like Jerry Rice to coach your players and go, go home at noon. Go home at noon. So Warren Sapp gets to give you his Hall of Fame NFL knowledge. And you're around that. And he's coaching you. Well, shit, dude. Who would you rather be coached by? Bob Smith or Warren Sapp? Well, Bob Smith's been in the league and did his time and put his time. Deion Sanders is aggravating the white coach establishment so bad. You had Nick Saban going, hey, he is a good coach. Nick, since when did you start dubbing guys? I guess Nick feels like he's doing this. Hey, I'm still over here. I'm still over here. This dude's changing the game. Dion's doing this. Hey, you're a great football player. I want your knowledge. I want your knowledge. Warren Sapp and Weed, I don't care. I don't care about that. Could care less. They'll smoke it around my kids. You can't have that. Don't be saying stupid shit around them. Be smart. I'm not your dad. And you know what's up. You don't have to tell a guy, Sap, the difference between right and wrong. His entire life's a contradiction of right and wrong. He knows what's up. Guys like that. And by the way, I'd like to have a guy with a couple dents in the fender. Instead of some of that smooth talking bullshit you get from Guys like Brent Venables, 
at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going nowhere with Brent Venables. He's a great coordinator. He was a great coordinator at Clemson. He's not going anywhere. He hates Deion Sanders. That Narduzzi guy at Pitt, they hate Sanders too. You know why? Sanders is doing everything unconventional. How about this? Colorado football is appointment setting. To, I can't wait to watch them play Oregon. And Mike Kane's play. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Tone. Um, Rob, all you guys out there. Hey, I, I, this is not a good week for big sales. I'll tell you why. I got Temple and I got the Bucks. <laughs> the Canes are playing Temple. And the Bucks are playing the Eagles, two teams I played for. And someone asked me, they go, Sills, what do you think the score of the Temple game is going to be? I don't know, 50-something, 58, 14. No, I'm not rooting for Temple. No, I am not. I am not. No, and I want them to cover the point spread, and I want them to kill them. I don't – I yeah, no. What about the Bucks? Man, on the Bucks, that's a different deal too, man. What's the point spread down to now? What's the point spread down? Don't please tell me it's not below four and a four and a half now. Can't be. Oh, Temple and Miami are playing at the link. Shit. They're playing at the link. That's dope, man. That's a great stadium. I th- how many times I've been to the link? Four times. I've been to the link four times. Oh, so it's five. I could have swore, man, I saw four and a half yesterday. Fox bets at four and a half. I could have swore I saw. It started at six and a half. It's dropped almost two points. Point spread's five, so it went up a tick again, if that's the case. Okay, so it went up a tick. Uh Let's go, Owls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Bri. Hey, Bri, honest to God, are you going to be really rooting for the Owls this weekend against Mike Haynes? Are you, are you rooting, really? Are you going to be the, – the, the link is going to be rocking. Are you really going to root for Temple versus Mike Haynes? Temple Miami game. The line is 23 and a half points. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Van Dyke's back. Money on the cards. Go Owls. Look at you guys. Big game for Danny Dimes. We'll talk about that. All right. Um, Howie Roseman. Let's go back to this thing here. What's, what's happened with the Cowboys. Do you think now that this injury to Diggs, does it motivate Howie to make another move now at linebacker safety because he sees Dallas is weakened? Or is, do, would you rather still be patient with in-house stuff? How would you, how would you go about this? If you're, he calls everybody. Buda Baker, they play the Cowboys. Buda Baker, 
how much of a difference would he make? Because then you can move Bradbury to the slot. No, you put Buda Baker in the slot. And then you put Bradbury outside. That would be enormous addition. What would the Cardinals want for him? Baker's on IR. How he plays the long game. Yeah, but you can act now, Quan. Dallas has to make a move. You're not going to beat San Francisco and the Eagles without Diggs on the field. Your defense is weakened. Now, again, this is more pressure on Dak Prescott. No, you're not. No, 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 because I gave you the advantage, a corner, and your your safeties over the Philadelphia Eagles because you had Gilmore and Diggs. Now you don't have that. You got a Pro Bowl safety. You're probably a little better, but Bradbury and Slay are better than the Cowboys' corners. As a group, as a group, you closed the get. You were a better secondary because you had pro bowlers across the board. You don't. You're good at the numbers. Okay, now with Diggs being out, that changes that dynamic. That completely changes the Cowboys' pass defense. That's right, picking. Arizona wants draft picks. Why? They want to get out of that Murray deal. In my opinion, it depends on the health of Tua in Miami. Could you see Kyler Murray in New England? Or could you see Kyler Murray in Chicago? They want to get out of that. Could you see Kyler Murray in Green Bay? I mean, could you see Kyler Murray with the Jets? Rodgers comes back one more year. You have that guy there. That's $100 million, though, in money. They couldn't afford that. They couldn't afford that deal. Because you'd have, what, 46-1 with Murray and another 40. No way. That's $92 million on a $220 million salary cap. That's not going to fly. That's not. Murray to Denver. Okay. Does this move Howie now to go? What is the number one need on the team? What's the number one need you think? We're gonna we're gonna talk some bucks here with Anthony Beck here in a couple minutes at the bottom of the hour. Um, what's the number one need that Howie has to go out in the open market and look at? By the way, at the towards the end of the show at the end of the hour we'll, we'll we'll talk about 49ers and giants tonight linebacker and secondary is thin corner cowboys all pro center went down today too if you're an eagle fan you're 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 cheering that they're hurt too i'm talking to unit not the players that they're struggling with injuries too, like you are. Okay? You're 2-0, they're 2-0. To me, that that totally brings the cow. 
if the center's down and he's hurt and he's nicked up, um, you lose digs, that's a catastrophic injury. That's a catastrophic injury. Yeah, who backs Diggs up? I don't even really know who backs him up. Eagles should trade for Devin White after Monday's game. If they win, if the Bucs win and they're 3-0, and they got a shot at winning the NFC South. They're not getting rid of Devin White. And Devin White in the offseason is going to command a $20 million salary. Now, if you're under the premise that you're getting him, I'll ask Anthony Beck that. How important Monday's – I think Monday's game is important for a lot of teams. Denver is one of them. Carolina's one of them. Chicago's one of them. And I'm talking why – why would you have DJ Moore on the team in Chicago if you're not going to stick with that guy? Or if you stick with DJ Moore and you keep him on the team there, you're totally getting rid of Justin Fields. Justin Fields will not be a Chicago Bear next year. No way. Okay, there's not a chance that guy is the future of that Chicago team. He may be a future somewhere else, but Chicago, that thing is so on fire, right? I've never seen the Bears this bad. And the Bears are bad from top down, from ownership down. It's bled down into the coaching staff. This Matt Eberflus, why in the world did you fire a coach of the year in Matt Nett? There's not a coach in the planet that can survive that. Chicago is a place where coaches go to die. There's just not a and, – and get this, the FBI is investigating the defensive coordinator. I mean, what the hell is he, a spy? I mean, what is going on in Chicago that you don't have any self-control of your organization? You know, if I'm Jalen Carter, I am thanking God I didn't get drafted there. Holy cow. That thing will not win for 10 years. Denver's in that position too. Denver's a great franchise. Denver is a great franchise. You have no draft capital. Not a lot. And you you have cap hell and you got a quarterback who you're surrendering on. How many people believe that Russell Wilson um, can't be fixed by Sean Payton. I, I believe it. Does anybody think Russell Wilson's going to turn his career around? Greatest move Howie never made. Or wait a minute. Howie was going to make the move. He was going to make the move. There was a deal on the table for Russell Wilson to go from Seattle to Philadelphia. And the only reason he's not the starting quarterback in Philly is because Wilson vetoed it. You talk about deals that don't get done. Remember I told you about Steph Curry and all of a sudden Jerry West came in and told Bob Myers, the GM of the, of the Warriors, he goes like this, you're not getting rid of Steph Curry, really, are you? Sometimes the best moves you make are moves that, okay, you don't make. Speaking of this, holy cow, man, I don't know what hat that I'm going to sit here with Anthony Beck. Let's see here. He's the head coach of the Rocks XFL St. Louis Battlehawks. By the way, the attendance at that place, hey, NFL, don't ever tell me there's not football fans in St. Louis. You are way off your marker on that. They were 7-3, and three, 
He also works in the pre and post for the New York Jets. Big time Buccaneer fan as well. Worked a lot in their broadcast. Our friend Anthony Beck joins us now. Beck, what what hat are you, man? I mean, what is it, man? What that <laughs> pre and post game? Holy cow! Stringing them all together, ain't you, man? Well, you know, the hat I got on now, Iowa State, that's my hat this week. Saturday, my son plays, you know, he's the quarterback. So that's my hat. As a, am a dad fan in the in the bleachers trying to mind my own business. It's been hard to do that because it seems like the cameras have been finding my wife and I sitting there biting our nails off. But uh, it's been awesome to watch my kid do something I love to do so for so long in my career. How about this? So how long has your kid been there? He is a redshirt freshman. Yeah, he's a redshirt so, freshman. Was he there when um, Brock Purdy was there? Yeah, so Brock, when Brock got uh, his final season and then into that draft, that's when Rocco came in uh, and signed, came in early. So uh, he got to get, you know, a little, a few months of him uh, on campus before, you know, he went on with the draft. But uh, it was it was post uh, post Purdy. Are you shocked how good he's playing out in uh, San Francisco? Not at all. You know, it's funny. Um, you know, I remember, um, you know, because obviously I was following the team quite a bit. They were pretty active with my son during the recruiting process. And, and you know, the Jets have had drafted multiple guys from, uh, from Iowa State the last couple of years. Um, you know, I listen, here's a four-year starter in a Power 5 school, has every single record that school has to offer the wing winningest quarterback in the school's history. Now the history of the school football wise, it's not great. It's, you know, it's not Miami. It's not, you know, Alabama, but you know, from the time he was there, it was the best it's ever been. And um, you know, everyone talked about his size, you know, he had a, he had a great sophomore year, junior year and a senior year was kind of like high expectations for the team. Brees Hall, Charlie Kohler, all these guys. And he didn't live up to expectations, you know, that, that season. And there was a little, little bit of a downer on him coming out and I just remember like you know there was just you know he wasn't in the he's not draftable you know I was I was pissed because you know he wasn't invited to the senior bowl I when I made when I went to the senior bowl Dan I don't know if you play there or not but you know the senior bowl was for guys that had tremendous long-term careers that had done a significant amount of, of accomplishments over their college uh, uh, time and it seemed like it was that place you know, in the hula bowl yeah, exactly. So it was, you know, and he was not in that game. I mean, I'm looking at quarterbacks that have one year experience and these guys are getting in this opportunity. And I, I even I reached out to, to to Nagy, you know, who runs that game. He's a great guy, yeah. but, you know, he, he's high on our list. But, you know, we can't get him. I'm thinking to myself, what's what's the requirement for this? You know, so uh, now did I think he'd come in and never lose a game since he started in the NFL? No, but it's the perfect system. Damn right. Like for what he does. As smart as he is, he's played in 50-game college. He's seen it all, and he's just bringing that over. But he's got that mock – he's got that if factor, man. He's He's got that leadership bug that just – you know, you look at these quarterbacks that come out, they got so much talent now. But he's got that 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 it thing, that mental piece that separates his – maybe what he lacks in a talent standpoint and builds it up even more. You, you hear about his players and his teammates. They love him. Let me before I get to the Buccaneers, give me your spin on Jalen Hurts. I mean, you know, you you also work uh, for the Rock in personnel. You look at these guys. You 
You fundamentally scout these guys. You look at their intangibles and all. Have you been surprised with how he has skyrocketed from his situation at Alabama? He goes and transfers to Oklahoma. You know, he was drafted, Anthony, in Philadelphia to be a seatbelt for Wentz. Now, all of a sudden, this guy is a $50 million guy, and he's looking like he's the future of the football team. Are you surprised where he is? Yeah. You know what? I'm surprised in the big picture because, you know, I don't think anybody would have projected him to be where he's at right now in the NFL. The thing that I doesn't surprise me is, you know, when I was calling games when he was a freshman in Alabama, all the way through every year, every snap, everything he's always done, he's always been the hardest worker. He's always been the most astute of improving and, and taking on everything as far as just the negatives and growing from it, even when he left. Every year, he, he's, he's added to his game. And even in the league, again, continue to add on when his chance came. And then when his chance came, and now the organization bought into him, similar to, let's say, the Ravens and Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson, now you cater to his skill set. You load him up with some talent. Okay, You give him the confidence in the field. And again, he's still – is he a premium passer in the league? At times. He's not there yet on a consistent basis. But who is? I mean, quarterback play right now, I mean, let's be honest, it's been a lot of rocky road for quarterbacks, especially this season, starting out. So uh, I, I'm not – it doesn't surprise me in the fact that he's continued to improve himself and he's still got a lot of space. And they do build around what his skill set is, and he understands his skill set. So, uh, you know, now to this day, I'm thinking to myself, you know, he's he's a long-term guy. He's got those those skills that can keep you around can help an offense, even if an offensive line isn't good, which I think they have a good line, but he's able to just do things around that. So, you know, he's kind of that, he's kind of that guy that kind of fits that mold and, and he's really taken off with it. So, you know, clearly he's, he's done great things. And I think it's a match of his pursuit of excellence and his drive and really the, the people and system around him to make him successful. You've played over a decade in the NFL at the tight end position. What's your take on Dallas Goddard? Well, right now he seems to be underused. <laughs> That's probably the first thing. Uh, I think he's fantastic. I mean, he's got everything you want. He's got size, toughness. He can run. He's athletic. You know, he, he reminds me of, uh, you know, when Selleck came in. Uh, he's that kind of guy. I mean, he's a bigger guy than Zach Ertz is. So, you know, from a target standpoint, I mean, you know, he, he's kind of a money, a prototypical money guy when you talk about what he can bring in the passing game. So I like him a lot. I mean, uh, listen, and you look at Jalen Hurts and his game, he's a guy to me where, you know, you want to take advantage of that. That He boosts the completion percentage up. He boosts moving the chains. He's a guy that can, you know, get you more snaps as an offense because of the routes that he runs and the significant mismatch that he poses versus safeties and linebackers. Let's move over to the Bucks. You know, why am I looking at Baker Mayfield and saying this? Boy, I'll tell you what, I like Baker Mayfield Tampa more than I like Baker Mayfield Cleveland. I mean, you know, they're not putting a ton of points up. They don't have any running game, so to speak. Uh, Mike Evans was told he's not going to be renewed, and he's going off with 120 yards a game. Their defense is still top five. Are you surprised that they're 2-0? I am. You know, it's interesting. You know, you, you talk about Mike Evans. It's interesting when you don't, when you got a contract, need it, how, how the game rises and continues to, yeah. to manufacture what you manufacture. And for Baker, I'm going to be quite honest. And when I was in the, 
the the pundit side where I was, you know, uh, evaluating town and doing the media. I wasn't a big fan of Baker Mayfield. I didn't think he was a first round worthy guy. Uh, you know, he went top pick in the draft. I mean, and you know, came. I'm with you. With I thought of, he was a cheer. I thought he was a cheerleader, Anthony. I just didn't think he was mature enough for the position. No question. But I will say this: I like this Baker Mayfield, a guy that has a chip on his shoulder, a guy that's looking to prove people wrong, a guy that's been humbled right from you know being the top pick and everybody doubting him and kind of falling through and he's been hurt and injured and you know he kind of lost his job in between playing through an injury and trying to figure out does he play does he get it get healthy and you know now it's like okay he's got a a blank chapter here in the book and you know listen there's some skill sets again very similar to Jalen Hurts he can move around he's elusive uh, he's a little erratic with the football, but he hasn't turned the ball over yet. So, you know, if you don't turn the ball over, he's got game experience. I thought he played well when he was with a couple games for the Rams. He reinvented himself a little bit. And long as he understands who he is and he doesn't go back to what he may have thought he was, uh, I think he's he's actually a guy that can continue to win for the Buccaneers. As a matter of fact, I think this weekend, I think they can pull off this upset and keep it close. So, against the Eagles, I believe, is it Sunday or Monday night? So Monday night. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, again, you know, it's a team with nothing to lose. They got a great coach. Todd Bowles is phenomenal. Uh, they always are going to have a great defense. Vita Vey is the, arguably the best combo pass rush run stop D-tackle in the league, and he continues to shine. And they got pieces now on that defensive side that really stand out. So, you know, are they going to make the playoffs? No. Is the division weak? Yes. So, you know, they, they got an opportunity there. But, uh, I mean, you know, you know how it is. You start winning football games, it's contagious. It's, it's, it's like anything. You lose games like the Bears, you know what, man, you may not – you don't know when you're going to lose, uh, win another game. So, uh, I think they have an excellent chance. And I just think the parity right now in the league is so much closer than, than years past that, you know, if you can play good, smart, sound football, have a good defense, and don't turn the ball over, you'll be in the game every fourth quarter uh, during the season. You know, let me throw this at you, too. You know, it's funny. I wonder what Jason Light, the general manager, is thinking because they had to be thinking, hey, I'm going to maybe move some of our pieces as we get closer to the trading deadline. They find themselves 2-0, and all of a sudden, they're slowly moving down the draft board, Anthony. And when that means is this, could this guy be a long-term solution? And I mean by three, four years in Tampa before they can figure this thing out here, Baker Mayfield, if he continues to win, like you say, if they go 3-0 and they're not getting rid of anybody. They may even rethink that whole thing with Evans in the offseason. There's only one guy in NFL history with more 1,000-yard seasons than Mike Evans. It's Jerry Rice. I mean, no is that, that game on Monday is pretty big for the organization. It really is. And you're right. I mean, the more they win, unfortunately for them, if they're aligning yeah. themselves and they, and they unloaded certain areas, you know, they probably were like, okay, we can get – Drake May or Caleb Williams, you know, one of these guys. Yeah. But, you know, again, do you really like when you think about like NFL teams now, it's all about now. I mean, yeah, you could talk about the future, but they could draft a number one pick and they may lose two straight seasons before that guy figures it out. And then by that time, it'll be a whole new coaching staff. So it's like, okay, you just kind of roll with it, man. And there's so many quarterbacks coming out of this draft. They can find their way, get a guy that they need that, that, that comes out. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, they got 15 more games left. They, they may lose the next 15 more games. They're, they're just kind of like, you know, they're in the mix. They're gaining confidence. But, again, I think week to week, especially in the league, I don't think there is no – I don't believe in momentum in the NFL. 
I truly, these are grown men that all are trying to feed their family every week. You got to show up on Sunday or you're going to get your ass whipped by that team. I don't care what their record is. And they got to continue to do that, play great defense. If they do, they're always going to have a chance. But I don't know if it's going to guarantee them the trajectory they want, but they may still be in a good spot for a draft pick uh, after this season as well. Couple last questions for you here. We had Boomer Sison on yesterday, and this is always a big topic in Philadelphia. That's where we're based. Um, uh, when we're talking about Carson Wentz, and he believes that Joe Douglas, obviously, there's a relationship with Carson Wentz. He's probably the best available guy that's out there where you don't have to surrender draft capital. If you think about it, Anthony, I mean, the one saving grace, and there's only really one silver lining in this thing with the um, Aaron Rodgers injury is that the Jets don't have to send a one to Green Bay now because now it's a two because he doesn't play 65% of the games. So it's only a second round draft choice instead of the first round. Do you think, do you look at him and say, like Boomer said yesterday, that Wentz is probably the best option? We're going to see what happens in this game against New England this weekend. Is it Wentz? Well, you're right. You know, they can get him off the street for nothing. And, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt, right, to, to at least right. see. Um, I'll be honest with you, and, and people may laugh at this, but, you know, I was his coach, and I know what he can do. You know, A.J. McCarron, to me, is a guy that I, I just think he is – I don't know why he's not a two in the league. Nobody's talking about this as an option, but I can tell you this. You put A.J. McCarron in this roster, okay, and you let him play, we run the same system. Our system is very similar to about 12 teams in the NFL. The Jets is one of them. He's going to come in and learn everything in a week, and he's going to be the smartest guy in the room every single day. Uh, excellent leader. He's got eight years NFL experience, but a lot of tread on his tires. And what he needed was a season to prove himself. He did that with my team. But, again, people out the XFL, it's not the NFL. I think where, where it, it's similar is, you know, offensive line play in my league is, is not great. The pressure's on. We chose to go the route of a quarterback that can diagnose at the line of scrimmage so that he can have a plan, get it out, and match that with the offensive scheme that we have with our play caller, Bruce Gretkowski, who I think is a stud. And he killed it in the league. Now, we didn't win the championship. We were one of the best teams. But, man, like pieces around him, I just don't know. Now, I don't know what the, the deal is. I don't. He's 33. Um, you know, teams just – you know, I, I look at the list of guys. You mentioned Carson Wentz, some of these other players. I'm just like, no, like I don't – like, I don't think it's there, but, you know, if you're looking at just that list, yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz is worth the worth the risk. They do have that bye week, I think, week six. They can figure it out if it's kind of there. But, again, that's a real wild card for me. I think it's a legitimate play, but, you know, I put I pushed that name in front of the organization. You know how tight I am with the organization. But uh, they're going to have to do the best they can. And I think they want to give Zach a legitimate chance. But, again, uh, you know, we need more information on him because I just don't know if he's going to be able to get it done or not. You know, Anthony, that's such a brilliant way of looking at this. When you're in a league of, where you're on a lesser team, whether it be the NFL or any league, and I played in spring leagues, I played in NFL Europe, and you always see the line play, especially the O line play. It's a tougher thing to, offensive linemen are tougher to develop than defensive linemen. Everybody on the planet knows that. So for you to get a quarterback in there, you didn't really give a crap who the name was on the back of the jersey. You wanted a guy that could process the information as quick as possible so that he could dissect it because you knew you were going to have deficiencies in your old line. 
pressure in the middle and pressure off the perimeter. You wanted guys to be able to dissect that intel as quick as possible because that yeah. was going to move the chains. We looked at a, a lot of people don't see it that we, way. Yeah, we looked at a hundred guys, honestly, Dan. Like guys, you were like, wow, like I didn't even know he was still out there. But if you looked at PJ Walker, for instance, who had a lot of success in that league as a dual threat guy, you know, threw the ball well, but was able to extend and run around, and he got his chance in the league. Well, we really couldn't find that piece. And we said, you know what, man? Like, the offense we're running, you know, you got you got a lot of options. Like, there's a lot, you know, if there's a weakness or there's audible. We have a lot of check with me. Different things where we give the quarterback that the, the ability to make us right as a staff, right? Now, every quarterback can't handle that. A.J. McCarron is a guy that can. So now he's like another offensive coordinator on the field. So now we're not wasting time trying to, you know, coach up a quarterback. Now, no, did he make mistakes and – did he get coached? Up? Of course. I mean, absolutely. But you had that comfort level to know that, you know, he could get you out of trouble, you know, and the, all you got to do is turn the tape on, you know, it's, every team blitz, there's all kinds of stuff, but when they played us, it tempered down, even, even uh, coach Williams. Okay. Who, who lit up our league and blitz pretty much 80% of the time. <laughs> he he respected AJ in our two games. Then they beat us fair and square, but he respected him and he did not bring it as much even close to as much as he did with the rest of the league when he played us. Um, is Zach Wilson the future in New York? Uh, today, no. You know, I, I don't think he is. I mean, the only way you're going to know is if he plays. And this – look, this is the best it's going to get for him as a quarterback. You're, you're young. You kind of struggled after Brees Hall and AVT got hurt last year and it kind of went downhill. And he had a decent start to the season. Now he's got everything. He's got an awesome defense. He's got a ton of pieces, three tight ends, bunch of receivers, uh, multiple running backs. The Okay, the offensive line didn't play great, but I think it's, you know, you're not facing the Cowboys defense up front either every single week. So it's going to get better. He's He's got a, basically a five-week tryout here, okay? If he can get it done, he'll be the quarterback moving forward. Do I think there's enough there for them to make a push and squeeze into the back door of the playoffs. I really do. But he does have to show more. And it, it, it's even in a win, there's got to be something pertinent that he brings to the table. I, it doesn't have to be all him. But if they can't run the ball, which they couldn't do last week, he's not going to win the game with his arm. You know, the, the run features that he has are huge. That, help, that helps. But, you know, in this league, man, you're going to have to make some throws. And it's got to be more than just a slant to Garrett Wilson for a touchdown. You're going to have to have, you know, multiple times in a game where you got to make a play and move the sticks. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, we had the rock on Monday. What's it like working for him, dude? What's it like, you know, being involved in that? Because, you know, this guy loves people who think out of the box. You know, it's funny. I always thought that you had a dilemma Man, I really like broadcasting, but shit, I want to be more of a coach too. And I always thought it, then your kids dynamic jumps into it. And that's why you got all the dishes going like this right now. I mean, Tell me what it's like to uh, to be in that league because I am a huge fan of spring football. You know I am. I played in it. Just some of your thoughts about working with the Rock in that league. Yeah, well, first and foremost, uh, you know, he, he's been unbelievable. Uh, I'm very thankful and humbled that he gave me a chance. You know, Dan, I wasn't on anybody's radar when this thing no. got started. When when Danny and Redbird and, and Dwayne bought this league in August of 2020, and I saw those headlines because I had experience in the AAF. I coached in that league. Yep. You remember out in San Diego yep. with Mike Martz. 
I said to myself, I'm going to be a head coach in, one of, in this league. That day, and I went on a mission to get in front of the right people. And you talk about, you know, kind of that out of the box. I, you know, I had a really good vision on what I thought the spring league needed. I knew my skill sets, and I knew that I could do it. I mean, it, you know, being a true head coach, a CEO of men, hiring good staff to do their jobs and letting me handle game day operation, all that stuff, situational stuff, and managing it from a day one to the final day of the season, that's like what – that's me. That's that's the way I've always been. But also the other stuff, like, you know, outside of maybe Deion Sanders, well, I, I'm on Twitter and social, and I'm, I'm I'm talking with the fans. And, you know, we had the number one fan base, you know, close to 40,000. Yeah, it was – I was playing a semi-ticket director for the for the whole year that I got brought on to – to really get the fan base juiced up. And, you know, I told them one thing that I was selling, I was like, listen, you guys show up. We'll put a pro- and I'll put a product on the field that you guys can be excited about. And they were going to come because they just love football. They miss football. They hate the Rams left, but we were able to put a great product in front of them. And, uh, you know, I, I just tried to hit the ground running, man, and, and do it the way that I wanted to do it. But I also learned from a lot of really good coaches and good ways and bad ways to do things. And um, I love it, man. I, I can't wait for the season to start. Um, and listen, what about you the know, word on the merger, USFL and uh, XFL? Can and are are you guys kind of doing the football side of it right now? That's more the business end of it, and you're just waiting to see how. Yeah, it lands. you know, I, honestly, yeah. I, listen, yeah, I, I got my team, my players. You know, I, I led the league with 14 of my starting players went to uh, NFL training camp, so I'm proud of what we did when we built a team from the ground up in a year. And, uh, you know, I got five guys that stuck that are in the league. So I'm just proud of that. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to do that. We're building now. We're, we're evaluating preseason cut players that are trying to get into the league, but probably will be around. And we're going to we're going to uh, try to find the best guys to to recoup some of the damage that the NFL did with taking some of my players. But I love it, man. It's 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 a great medium. Uh, I, I love what Dion's doing in the game. I, you look at a former player that maybe a lot of people doubt it. You look at Dan Campbell, what he's doing, um, you know, the path that for these guys that are paving now, there was always a stigma with former players, right? It was, oh, yep. they don't want to put the hours in. They don't want to work. Well, that may have been for a few guys, but there's a lot of former players out there that can bring a lot to the table. And if you look at my staff, I got a bunch of them because they played at a high level, really high for some of them, Leroy Glover, uh, R- Ricky Pro, And these guys understand how to translate information to the guy that's missing a few holes in his game. And they're not looking at him like, man, how come he doesn't know how to do it like I did? That's not how – see, a lot of the players, that's what they they go through. They think that guys should be – why don't they pick it up like I did? Why don't they understand – that's not how it works. you got to be able to transfer information in a way to build these guys up properly so that they acquire that that knowledge and that skill set that you can bring to them that they dire, that they desperately need in these spring leagues and build them up and, ho- and, and hopefully they can max themselves out and go to the league or they, they're going to be with us and they'll stick around and they're going to make our league great. So uh, again, what the future holds for me, I'm not sure. I love the spring league. I love, I can see my kid in the fall. It's a perfect situation. I knock on wood every day, man. I'm blessed. And uh, the rock giving me that opportunity uh, is just phenomenal. And uh, I'm excited for, for, for what the future lies, whatever that may be. Well, I had to do this in honor of you and put an old, 
fleet hat on here from your days of being an, an, an assistant coach. Mike Martz gave me this thing here. Did you get so him to sign I, it? I mean, well, that, that, that would have been key. You get that thing would have been worth like, all like, Martz, Martz sign anything? Are you kidding me, man? No. I'm lucky no, I no. got him to come on my program when I did. Yeah, an old AAF uh, San Diego fleet hat here when he was the uh, – coach there on that coaching staff for Mike March. So I had to bring this baby out in honor of you. Anthony, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Have a great call this weekend. Your son's killing it up at Iowa State, man. Thank you so much for coming aboard. You got it, Dan. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Anthony Beck, part of the pre and post game show for the New York Jets, also a former NFLer, and he is the head football coach there at the XFL with the St. Louis Battlehawks. All right. Final segment coming up. We'll talk tonight's game. What happens? 49ers, Giants. We'll do that next. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
Sills. What happens tonight? Best team in the NFC? Now that Diggs is hurt? Is it San Francisco? There's no question that the that the Diggs injury now is totally it it I mean Brandon Ayuk is out tonight. Wow, man. Jesus Christ. Hey, guess what? This is going to sound crazy. Hey, Tone, am I right? Well, the Cowboys and the 49ers are now kind of going through some of the crap that the Eagles are going through, and now the Eagles are closer. The all, all, all three of those teams now have their own issues. Now, all three have issues now, whereas a year ago, the Eagles had no issues. So, like, all three have issues. Ayuk was their best target. Uh, McCaffrey's played so well. Going to have to probably do more Kittle tonight. Um, Sills is stuttering. Eagles won't say the Eagles are second. You're not. You're not. You're third. It's Niners, Cowboys, Eagles. Your old line's not playing great. Um, your tight end is no target at all. Even Becky, as an outsider, goes. He's underutilized. Imagine that. You got a top five tight end, you're not using them. Why? Uh, that's a guy, I I didn't even say that the Eagles are not using them. He said it. Just an observation from a 12-year NFL tight end said they're not utilizing him enough. That's from an NFL tight end, not from a talk show host. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Hey, senor. And Baker Mayfield is playing better ball right now than Jalen. <laughs> I, I, I can't even say that with any kind of true face. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Still, the day you find your neck is the day the Cowboys and Niners are better than us. Anthony, sticks and stones, my friend. You can, you can, you can, don't worry, honey. It's okay. Don't worry, honey. Yeah, if I were to rank them right now, even with the Diggs injury, I would say Niners, Cowboys, and Eagles. Until the Eagles find themselves offensively, your defense is terrible right now, except for the run defense. So what happens tonight anyway? Let's see. 49ers, 28. Is it, hey, by the way, is uh, Saquon Barkley playing? I say 28-3. Something like that. They'll kick the shit out of them. That thing won't be close. It'll be non-competitive. 28-3, 28-7, 
something like that. And then everyone in New York is going to go like this. Um, uh, everyone in New York is going to go, what's wrong with Daniel Jones? There's nothing wrong with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones sucks. <laughs> hey, hey, right, Tone? Dude, there's nothing wrong with Daniel Jones. He sucks. <laughs> Who said he was good? Nobody with any common sense went, hey, that guy's a really great player. He does, man. He flat out blows. I don't get it. I never said that guy was good. Eagle or, Eagles are similar to Colorado. Both defenses are terrible. Or as Charles Barkley would say, terrible. Thank you guys so much. Have a great time tonight watching the game. Um, I think it could be interesting kind of maybe early. But, boy, I'll tell you what, we may find out a little bit about Brian Dable, too. Because last year, just kind of like a fluke. And the Giants are really who we thought they were. Not very good. Okay, but that's the NFL, man. You never know when teams pull off these upsets. So enjoy your football tonight. Tone, thank you very much, man, for all you do. Big Joe, Xander, awesome stuff as always. Tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern time on a football Friday. Have a great one. We'll see you on the flip side. Hooters, the perfect pair. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.